Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 353. It's NXT Update, and I have the pleasure to be joined by my Monty Pod, or my friend Monty, as I call him. How you doing, fellow? You all right? What's up, James? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm happy to be back. Uh, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, I haven't even done a podcast since our last time, since our, uh, your anniversary show, the WNR's anniversary, so... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back in the in the saddle, so to speak, and just you know, I'm ready to go. You know, well, right, Dan, speaking of the anniversary show, like I said, thank you very much for taking part of it. We had such a huge reaction to our sixth anniversary show. Uh, a lot of love there for everybody involved, and of course, you were a huge part of that as well. Appreciate it, man. It was fun, and uh, I, I love the uh, you know when you're when you're recording it, you only get the you you know your part, but once I heard the finished product, it was all it was all beautiful. I loved it. So it was, it was a great time, and I was happy to be a part of it. So happy. I'm, you don't understand. It's it's so cool to to do things like this. Uh, and like I said, being from where I'm from in America, to have a you know uh, a kind of like like you said like a, a like you always call it Potter and family to have that family all the way you know on the other side of the world. You know, it's, it's cool. Without a doubt. So we have got a shitload of NXT to catch up <laughs> on today. Uh, and like I said, at the moment. Because the last time you were on the anniversary show, we did talk about having uh, a Japanese show at the end of the month. And, of course, we everything that's been happening in New Japan. They've kind of stopped the events. We're going to push that back to the end of June now. So, basically, we're just going to concentrate on NXT for our next couple of shows. Because, uh, as we'll get into it, there's been a takeover announced and everything else like that as well. Sounds good to me. I can't wait. You know, uh, NXT has been... Uh you know, only raising the bar, you know, and I, I love doing these shows, so I can't wait to get into it. Let's do it. Well, we start with arrivals because we had a new group of recruits reporting for a training at the Performance Centre. We had, if I get any of these names wrong, you can obviously correct me. We've got uh, Sari Fujimura, who debuted on NXT television as Sarai, is 24-year-old with nearly a decade experience in the ring already, competing under the name of Sari. She made her mark in the Japanese Joshi circuit promotions like Miko Satomura's uh, Sendai Girls, Joshi Pariso, and World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's the first one. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with myself, man. You did great. Uh, I'm not much better than you, so if I've been saying it wrong, uh, they'll just correct bo- us both. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had, of course, we've heard about Saray. We'll get onto that in a bit. We had Sanjana George who is a 24-year-old from Bangalore, India. In addition for her passion for running, grueling and obstacle courses, she also has a 5-1 and one record in mixed martial arts, so don't fuck around with her. We've got a 23-year-old powerlifter from Monterrey, Mexico, Jennifer Mitchell Cantu Inglesias. Hideki Suzuki, who joins the PC coaching staff. Uh, he trained in the Catchers Catch Wrestling as Japan's snake pit under the legendary Billy Robertson. Um, he was named the MVP of Japanese Independent Wrestling by Samurai, Samurai TV. Uh, Matt Farrelly of Sydney, Australia, is a former history teacher with experience in the ring of reality television. And then we've got Stephanie D'Alandra of Sydney, Australia, has a background in dance and soccer, has been a standout in the independent wrestling scene down under. So, of course, all the arrivals at certain points. But one of these things I find quite incredible, because I've been a fan for quite a few years now, is the kind of... The international appeal of WWE, it is truly global now. When you talk about, you know, performance centers coming from Australia, India, uh, Japan and and all over the world, you know, back when I was growing up, it was basically America and Canada. And that's just incredible now, isn't it? You know, 
it's 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 beautiful to see and it's it's just it's insane really when you think about it. like you said you know America Canada maybe you know a couple British wrestlers maybe not you know the British Bulldogs maybe <laughs> but yeah. not really you know what I mean they didn't like you said for a long time it was like that and uh you know and now you just see from all over the world it's not just Japan it's not just Joshi wrestling or of the strong style it's you know Australia it's wrestling scenes from everyone we all know we know about nxt uk uh I, monsoon who just monsoon who just uh debuted on the main roster not too long ago or what came back to the main roster i guess i don't know if it counts as a debut but he you know from all the way from saudi arabia so it's just it's it's crazy like WWE is definitely worldwide you know entertainment <laughs> well that, that, that's what i'm saying and, and it's incredible to think now you know and there is a chance you know, no matter where you are in the world if you grow up in a you know a fan of wrestling want to become a wrestler because you know all joking aside when i was young you know if i if i was over you know six six foot at that point i would have trained to be a wrestler but because i was so small right. and and now you've got to got the dream of you know, it doesn't matter what your size, it doesn't matter where you're from, you can potentially make it as long as hard work, you know, and it pays off, you know? I agree. Like, the when growing up, the only, you you, you thought, everyone, like you said, a lot of fans envisioned themselves, I believe. If you're anything like me, you definitely had those times where you, you know, imagine yourself in the ring doing the, these things and all of that. But, uh, yeah, it was a standard, you know, growing up. You know, you, you either had to be, like you said, huge as far as, like, height goes or, like, you know, unique or, or an attraction or you had to be a you know uh abnormally muscular <laughs> you yeah. know I mean? like all types of uh elements that you know you're re- the reg- a regular person a regular fan may not have but that's not the case today you don't have to be the best looking you don't have to be we have all different types of sizes and shape now in the ring you know i've always been you know pretty much o- an overweight guy and so uh you know you didn't. I, I'm not Rikishi like overweight, you know. But <laughs> at the at the same time, so, you know, I love Rikishi though. Rikishi was great in the ring for someone, especially someone his size. Yokozuna, Umaga's growing up. You know, you had a couple yeah. of them, but they all were typecasted into the monster roles. The you know King Kong Bundy's back in the day, stuff like that. But they're all huge. They're still huge. Now you but, have guys like Bronson Reed, and uh, you know, even though he's still a relatively huge guy, you got so many different types of you know. Uh, you know, body types, Kevin Owens, uh, Keith Lee. So it's just, it's a, it's crazy. Like you said, the the how like now it's like anything is possible when it comes to wrestling. You can have a particular look or you know whatever it is, anything is possible. Like I say, I always like the the husky look, and of course I've always been in shape because round is a shape. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get on to NXT because we've got five episodes to catch up on, and our first one is the 13th of April, and this was the first NXT on a Tuesday, and we had the skull and fire added to the graphics to to make us know that the move had been changed to Tuesdays, uh, and then we show. Aaron Cross and Scarlet arriving to complete their proclamation. The Thomas arrived and the Doomsday, Herald of the Doomsday has his title back. He made an emphatic statement on the future of the brand demand a competition that could feed his hunger. He said, I don't care who you are, where you've been, whatever you do, please don't try this at home. Oh, no, wait. No, that's the that's the other advert. So now he said, I don't care who you are, where you've been or what championships you've won, or what you think you're entitled to, how many zeros at the end of your checks. I will fold every single one of you until there's no one left. Uh, because everyone pays the toll. Uh, a great way for Cross to obviously introduce himself after winning the title. We're picking up right from our uh, our last takeover. Of course, Karen Cross beating Finn Balor. The thing is, like, who can beat Cross? Because he was so dominant. And to make that statement at the start of NXT, 
who who can step up to him? Uh, you know, I think a lot of people can like like I, I, I we have candidates who can attempt. Who's gonna actually beat him is a, a totally different story at this point. I don't know will it have to be a new arrival or will it have to be someone who goes through not so much as a transformation, but as um, they have to you have to have someone who's built up as just as uh, you know, not unstoppable, but like, you know, someone who can overcome the unstoppableness of Cross. Because Cross, like you said, has pretty much so far been built up as, you know, indestructible, other than, you know, a freak, you know, freak injury that he still survived and finished the match with, you know, uh with. So uh he's been built, like you said, built up so, so perfect. It's it's hard, it's really hard to see. I don't know if we'll have maybe it could be uh an Oscar situation, you know. Where he where he just dominates and you know gives it up at some point, but uh, I think it's more more likely that we will uh, get someone. I was thinking, you know, uh, possibly if, if Johnny Gargano ever drops this North American title, I can definitely see Gargano not necessarily beating him, but man, I would would I love seeing his you know his attitude and see how how does he play off cross? Does he go just the scary route, or you know, or does he try to outsmart? You know, Johnny's very cerebral. Heal, even though he's you know hilarious. So I, I I love I love what Johnny's doing right now. Uh, it's a lot of guys who have a chance, but beating him is just it looks you like you said just out of the cards right now. Beating him looks out of the card. Giving him a great you know angle or challenge looks uh, you know that that can happen, but beating him looks uh, very very uh, you know out of the cards. Well, we get a takeover highlight package follows, and that was epic. And then we get MSK champions versus Killian Dane and Drake Maverick tag team title match. And as always, Drake Maverick found himself the weak link early in the matchup and was isolated by MSK. Wesley and Ashcart used a series of impressive maneuvers to need to take the win. Dane and Maverick fired back with their own tag team synergy, but it backfired and they miscommunicated late. MSK took out Dane and then hit end transmission of Maverick to get the win. This was a really, really good tag team match. And then we get Alex to confront Kenny and Dane, which leads to Fabian Eichler, Marcel Barfel giving a beatdown. Imperium stand with their arms behind their back as Imperium music plays with their bodies. The challenge is laid out in front of them. Um, AEW talks about their long-time storytelling. Well, of course, we know about Alexander Wolfe attacking Dane, his former partner. Of course, they were champions and partners in Sanity. Uh, what did you think of that match? And what do you think this kind of whole uh, story with Dane and Wolfe? Because I think it, it, there's quite a few levels to that. Uh, right. Uh, so to to go to start with the match first, uh, I just want to point out that though they they put up still images of what happened at Takeover while MSK was making their entrance, I really thought that was uh, dope. I, I really like how they're using that screen and that camera angle, uh, you know, in the CWC for for their production. I really think that 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 was cool, especially on this first night on Tuesday. Uh, uh, I don't think Drake Maverick gets enough credit uh, for how compelling. He is, you know, just like in the ring. He just, you know, everyone loves Maverick. Uh, but, you know, he really makes you believe that not only, not not about the chance, not just about ha- him having a chance, but you believe he's really in pain. Like you say, he's always the wing link. But even though it's repetitive, it still works in my opinion. You know, uh, it was, this match was predictable. I didn't really, like I said, it wasn't bad. It was just, you know, predictable. I didn't. I definitely didn't see MSK winning, but I did notice something also about the match. Uh, I wasn't sure if the fans just love Maverick and Dane or they really hated MSK. I heard, <laughs> you know, a lot of booing, a lot of, you know, you guys suck. They just kept hammering at home to MSK at one point. You know, I don't understand. I'm not sure what MSK did, but 
you know, the universe in the building that night really did not uh, receive them well. But I must say, though, that Dane Wolf and Imperium story is interesting as hell. Like, I just can't wait. I really I just want to see where it keeps going, you know, week after week. It's, it's just like you said, the long term storytelling. Uh, all of the guys, anyone who's a long time fan of NXT, remembering how dominant Dane was, you know, insanity and, you know, Wolf, you know, trying to remind Dane of the, how, how you know, let him know you've fallen so far from that monster and you know i don't know if this will lead to dane eventually joining imperium or you know getting wolf out of there i love the fact that it's even seeming to be making dissension you know creating dissension in imperium not so much as the you know the the three you know i you know eichner and uh you know walter and the crew but you know with wolf you know seeming to get stare you know side eyes from imperium mm-hmm. i like that you know i love that element so it's just so interesting i, I just I, I love to see how this play out and you're right i, I love it when you know, NXT or Triple H in general do not get enough credit for this, but they do a really good job, especially on NXT, as they will do later in this show with, uh, you know, you know, having some long term, you know, nods to things in the past. Without a doubt. And I think, like I said, that doesn't get uh, enough credit maybe sometimes. But then we get video from earlier today showing up to demand her money from Robert Stone. She starts choking out a liar or numph when he doesn't have it. Uh, Jessica Rose steps up, stop her, setting up a match. For later, and when we come back from a break, we get a video match, a video package recapping the match between Adam Cole and Carla Riley, complete with highlights from night two of the match at Stand and Deliver. And obviously, both of them taking ambulances to the hospital with uh, Adam Cole still talking shit uh, as he's getting taken away. Say, this is not over, it's not over, Kyle. Uh, which makes you think it is not over. Should they have ended it maybe with that matchup, or do these two deserve a, a loser leaves NXT match, so to speak? I think that it, uh, especially if you have plans to to you know call up you know uh, Adam Cole, that sounds like a, a great idea to you know make it a lose lead. Honestly, they could end it with that few. I mean, with that fight, it was you know it was a short and sweet, simple story. You know, it, it was I was com- I was compelled. Like I said, the match may have went a little longer, but they went for it and they tried to kill each other, which makes sense when you you know you're doing something unsanctioned. So. You know, it didn't count, so maybe maybe uh, now it needs to be, you know, a, something that's not unsanctioned, something that, you know, uh, may be for something. I don't know, not necessarily a, a number one contendership or anything like that, but, you know, maybe an actual match, maybe I can see that, but they don't have to. I think this that was a nice conclusion, and, you know, Kyle O'Reilly got his revenge for what Adam Cole did to him. So, I mean, it was a simple, quick story. You can go back to it. I don't think it'll be a problem, but I don't think you have to either. No, that's what I'm saying, but it's, the option is there if they do need it, which again, the same about NXT, which I think maybe doesn't get enough credit sometimes, but they can move on or go back to it and it would make sense either way. Just look at uh, Gagano and Champa, how many times they kind of went away and then came back together, you know? Exactly, exactly. It, it, like you said, the stories, it's all about the story and they do a really good job on NXT of making storyline reasons for why these people, you know, whether, like you said, it's Chomper and Gargano keep interacting or, you know, it's, it's many ways, whether it's over a title, whether it's, you know, uh, personal things, again, just read, you know, just, oh, I remember what you did, you know. So, yeah, it, it, I, I think they do a really good job at that. Uh, when we get on to Mercedes Martinez versus Jesse Cabrera and into the match, Cabrera actually builds uh, Mercedes across the ring and starts to beat up with a cow pattern boot to the back. She goes to the second rope for flying elbow and the liar or numph says, did you see that? And way back says, yes. Uh, Martinez avoids a crossbody, hits a jumping knee to the jaw, choice Cabrera to her shoulders and plants her uh, for the 
pin. The winner of the contest, um, Mercedes Martinez. This was a glorified squash match. And then she chases down Robert Stone and slams him into the pectiglass and starts choking him out. He pulls out a lot of cash and she takes it. And then goes over to the announce desk to yell, Raquel Gonzalez, congratulations, champ. But here's a warning. I'm coming for you. There's no doubt Mercedes is still a badass. Oh, yes. Uh, I think that's that's her role, and she plays it perfectly. Uh, I must say I love Barrett's expression after <laughs> she says that. Like, he's just – I don't know if he was either outraged or, or terrified himself. I love how he sold it. And also, uh, you know, I must say, <laughs> I know it seems like I just be jumping on Aaliyah. I know it really does seem like I, I – I don't like her, but I know I don't know how anyone can ever take her seriously when she scream, especially in the in that division, when she's screaming like Mercedes is a horror movie of <laughs> villain. When she's she's screaming like she's just terrified of Mercedes while while she's roughing up uh strong and that's I mean not strong but uh uh stone yeah that that rhymes anyway uh yeah uh so. <laughs> She was screaming like she was just so terrified. I'm like, how can anyone ever take her seriously in the ring? But, but I guess we're not supposed to at this point. So, you know, it is what it is. But it, know, I just problem, thought that was hilarious. It's a problem when she's picked not to wrestle. I think that is the issue. And who is the more useless manager than Robert Stone at this moment <laughs> in time? Like, to actually, to manage talents, it's just, he must be on the list of like win-loss records as well. Like, bottom of the bottom. Like, Harvey Whippleman's maybe just beating him out, you know, like. <laughs> I agree. He's, yeah, nothing has worked so far. You know, he wasn't, the Chelsea thing fell through. You know, uh, every time he tried to work a business there with Mercedes, he gets end up getting beat up over it. Shotsy embarrassed him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he, I mean, again, I said, how can I take Aaliyah seriously? You, before you point out, how can you take her manager seriously? How can you take anything about the brand seriously at all? <laughs> well, we get Mackenzie Mitchell's backstage with the way, and Gargano says, you know what this match is, Mackenzie? Say it with me. It's cuckoo banana. bananas. <laughs> Tonight I play normal games with Dexter Loomis. They're going to handle their business. Gargano uh, flips out. And then gets him all to do the way hand gesture with Mackenzie. Um, we love the way, but I tell you what, Austin Fury in the background is always in character. And I, I, people have said this about Ricky Starks and AEW. That has really pissed me off. I'm not going to fall into that trap with Austin Fury, but it was very rock esque what he was doing. I was talking and he's reacting to it. It's very similar to what The Rock did when, you know, obviously with the nation and stuff like that. I'm not saying that, but. It's the constant being in captain, being that goof that I'm finding a lot of um, kind of respect for Austin Theory just for the way he's playing it at the moment. I agree 100 percent. I think, you know, I think what the way has really done is it's definitely elevated theory and it's definitely elevated indie, uh, you know, not only as in the ring, but like character wise, like who they are and what, you know, it's hilarious sometimes, of course, but. Like you said, the commitment that theory shows to just really being the most, the dumbest you can possibly be is <laughs> it, it, pure commitment. And I, I like, I agree. He, he definitely, in that promo, he definitely did a great job in that moment. And I think like just consistently, he makes great faces when they're in the ring and he's talking. Uh, I know we, we haven't got there yet, but he's going to do something in his match with Cross. That was at, just at the very beginning. Doesn't even do anything, but just a look 
and he's just he sells it perfectly. And I just oh man, I I, I agree. Them the way is just great in every way possible. And I and I don't mean I didn't even try to do it on purpose. Well, no, but the, the thing is as well, the people go well, funny isn't money as well, and they'll say. But to fully invest 100% in the captain, to kind of be goofy, and it's not going to hurt you in the long run. You know, look at how, what Kurt Angle used to do. Look at, you know, uh, Stone Cold and stuff. There's a, there's a chance to use it. Look at Edge, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you've got that kind of sense of humour. You could be stupid in that role. But obviously, right. when you need to be more serious, it's, it's, then it's timely you can change humor. It. Right, yeah. timely. It's all about being timely with, you know, great wrestling and timely humour works. You know, if, when you over... Flow it, you know, on on the humor side. Yes, it can take away. But when you can mix in, because Gargano is always going to be good in the ring. And I think Theory, Hartwell, especially, also, of course, LeRae is great also. You know, they're all solid in the ring. And then you add the timeliness of their humor. It's not too much. It's the right, just the right amount, in my opinion. And I don't think, I, I don't take Gargano less seriously because of how much he makes me laugh. I still know that when it's time, like you said, when that when that belt is on the line or we had a takeover, you know what you're gonna get from Gargano, whether he cracks you up or not. About that. Well we get his eyes Scott in the recording studio. It's time for Swerve to move on, but I can't do that without getting rid of Leon after Leon are done. That was good stuff. Then we get Santos Escobar making his entrance and he's got an open challenge and he says, Main events takeovers. The Emperor of Lucha Libra stole the show at Takeover. Now I'm the undisputed champion, just like my father, just like my son will be, but you know, guessing i don't know how good the son is as a wrestler you know we got to work that out first i, mean, I, I, I wonder what if his son wanted to just do like insurance so you know you, you know what if this son don't want to wrestle like you know or does this son already wrestle how old is this son there's a lot of questions after this yeah and then all of a sudden you get the storyline where Rey mysterio versus um santos escobar because dominic is actually the son of santos we never knew this <laughs> <laughs> I know Ray is tired of battling over the custody. How many times do I have to fight for custody? <laughs> At some point, he's just going to be like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> take him. I've had enough. Fucking take him. <laughs> anyway, about to Santos, and he's talking about an open challenge. He says, we're always, we're always fight. Whoever wants to answer the challenge. And then Kushida answered the call. Uh, you could hear me and Monty cheering at that same time it <laughs> happened. Uh, Escobar uh, was shot by this because she went for the um, hoverboard lock early, but Escobar managed to get out of the way. Uh, went to a break and then we came back. Both men were trading forearms and kicks. Uh, Escobar hits Kushida with a backstabber. He goes for the phantom driver, but Kushida escapes. Rolls Escobar up. Escobar then reverses it. Kushida flips over him, hooks his legs while practically sitting on Escobar's face. And he got the pin. Your winner and new Cruiserweight champion, Kushida. Uh, Santos is beside himself in the ring. Kushida is celebrating the top of the ramp as the smoke pours through the building. He's hugging about and rolling all over the entrance ramp. This was fucking brilliant. Oh, man. I loved every second of it. The match itself was beautiful. Santos was spot on from the beginning, highlighting how... You know, uh, he elevated the Cruiserweight Championship from sideshow to primetime. And he, he he made a great point. It's, a, it's a, such a great point. And, you know, Kushida and, you know, oh, oh, oh I forgot. The, the Boston crowd spot on the steps that Santos did early in that match was insane to me. You know, uh, but, yeah, the match, Kushida's reaction to winning was perfect. You know, the shock in his face. Like you said, you know, Santos sold it with shock, but he was frustrated. 
you know, and but Kushida's happiness, the joy, you know, that's one of those things I love the most about, uh, you know, Joshi and Japanese uh, male wrestling is, you know, they emote. They, I don't know. It's just they're in their style. They're taught to not so much say how they feel. They show how they feel in, in, in Japanese wrestling. And you can just see that style in Kushida's and just by based on his reaction after winning. It was such a great match. And I, I, I really loved the moment. And I was surprised. I, I can't lie. I cannot believe I couldn't believe it. He just undisputed Cruiserweight Championship. But I do understand that after the year especially that year he or the last you know six or seven months of, of what Escobar's past reign uh I understand wanting to elevate him if that's what's coming next. that's what I predict was coming yeah. uh, next after that you know after losing the belt so if that's what's coming I can't wait to see what he does next but this was a great moment and Kushida definitely deserved uh to finally get over that hump we talked about how close he had been coming to uh, finally getting a big win and it was Great to finally see him do it. Well, this is the thing. I've been moaning about Kashida's treatment. It was a kind of pleasant surprise. And with Devlin beating him on the pre-takeover NXT, that opens up the door now for Devlin to come back and say, well, I beat you and you're the champion if it doesn't, if it happens. I can't remember Kashida not having a great match this year. Uh, and I, I was going to go on to it later. But at the moment in time, and we're in May at the moment, Kashida is my wrestler of the year especially in NXT kind of hands down I mean I like Santos but I'm really digging Kushida and like he said it's it's everything that he's he, he did in this uh, done in this uh, one thing about Santos Escobar's promo at the start there was one fucking twat right going <laughs> yeah that every right? time Santos was saying that yeah that's right like, tell him <laughs> like shut the fuck up <laughs> Agreed, a hundred percent. Like everything he said, it was just. And then yeah. it was just this one annoying voice. The one annoying voice. <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, but I love the match uh, reactions by the commentators and the competitors as well. And then we get a video of Samasi Champa and Thatcher. Uh, Chump said, we didn't win every fight, but past the test, MSK, we're coming. Uh, and then we say Raquel Gonzalez walked to the ring with Dakota Kai training pine as we go to a uh, commercial break. When we get back, William Regal congratulates Kushida, uh, but Jordan Devlin interrupts. He says, you're a six-time IWGP junior champion and now the Cruiserweight champ. That makes you the man. I mean, just because you run up a ladder quicker doesn't make you a better wrestler. I'm going to yeah. go away for some time, but when I come back... Uh, I'm coming for that, so hold it tight, because she said any time. And again, like I said, the story there sets up for the next couple of months now. Yes, I, I thought it was beautiful. Uh, you know, they did it right after, like you said, not too long right after that match. They immediately established, you know, like where Kushida could be headed next, you know, and I can't wait for that match because I know they can, they'll kill it. Like you said, Kushida, like I, I've been spoiled. You know, I, I was lucky enough to witness at least three or four of those IWGP junior reigns. So I know how great Kushida is literally was the ace of the junior division. He, when they say Tanahashi is the ace of new Japan wrestling, Kushida was the ace of the junior division. He was Tanahashi, little Tanahashi, basically, if you want to look at it that way. That, and now that's a legend. That means he was one of the best in the world. He was winning. He won the ring of honor, uh, you know, uh, TV championship, I believe. Like he was, Kushida has done it all around the world, and I love the fact that NXT acknowledges it. One of the things that really uh, aggravates me the most sometimes about WWE, the main roster, especially, especially in the case of someone like Shinsuke Nakamura, he's one of the most accomplished wrestlers in the world, and they never tell you that he was a, 
you know, he literally had the one of the most iconic Intercontinental Championship reigns uh, just because they don't like necessarily mentioning things like that. But I love the fact that NXT did it in this case because it just it adds more weight to this, not only the Cruiserweight title victory for Kushida, but it just shows, you know, he's been do he's a champion everywhere he's went. And well, I, so I was about to say like, but it just shows you it, it's it's smart booking on WWE's part because obviously you know where some fans think Cruz makes they think kind of high flyers or the kind of lucha libre Mexican, you know Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix exactly. types. And I think where they got right, we're going to go division. They tried it with the CWC, kind of didn't really work. They're going, how can we make this work? Obviously, they had Santos, but for Kushida to say, look how good he is in Japan, you know, look how good he was as uh, the junior champion. And to bring that to NXT adds legitimacy to the Cruiserweight Championship. And I don't know if NXT have done, I I, I hope they've done that on purpose because it makes more sense now. And Kushida is one of these guys, I mean, don't get me wrong. If we've been the door open and and Japanese, a a new Japan wrestler has shown up and impact in AW is brilliant. But to actually have a guy go, do you know what? I've done everything I can in new Japan. Let me go over to America. WWE, yeah, I might not make it. And we were moaning about, oh, is he going to fall by the wayside like a kind of Hideo Tommy or something like that. And it's his performances that's put him in this position. I agree. I think that's the best part about it. You know, luckily, you know, in other cases, there have been injuries. There have been, you know, other things that have gotten in the way. But I love the fact that, like you said, they've let Kushida do what he does best. He doesn't have to say much. But he goes out there, and like you said, you know when Kushida's music hits, no matter who he's fighting, heavyweight, you know, his size, cruiserweight, doesn't matter. He will put on a show, and it's going to be a technical masterpiece. And I'm just – I'm happy that we're here now because I agree. I remember those early days, and we were wondering, what, do they know what they're doing with this character, with, with Kushida? And uh, and I think he's adjusted really well to the NXT style. At first, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe, you know, uh, he was more used to having those marathon-style – New Japan, you know, you know, it's a, it's a, it's similar. NXT does a similar style, but since it's in the the realm of WWE and its own television, it's, it's toned down completely different than what it would be if he was still in New Japan. So it's, it's nice to see how they both adjusted to each other. NXT is adjusted to Kushida, and Kushida seems to be settling right in on NXT, and I, I can't wait to see what he does next. Right. Uh, well, we get Dakota Kai introducing Raquel Gonzalez, NXT Women's Champion, explained it every day. Uh, before this night had built her to this moment. She put the caps of the team kick over. It was instrumental to a, a rise. The lights went out and Frankie Monet arrived with a dog in hand. She claimed the XC Women's Division was hers now. They almost came to blows, but the newcomer stepped away. And then Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair arrived to celebrate with the new NXT Women's Champions. The best friends hugged in the centre of the ring, celebrating their rise to gold together. Regal then put over another recent signing for the Women's Division. It was announced that Sarai would debut next week. The Warrior of the Sun is coming. Fuck kayfabe this was awesome all three got their start in the may young classic and they got to this point now <laughs> and the women's division is stacked oh i agree 100 percent. you know uh i love what i love that moment like you said not necessarily pulling the curtain back but just you know everybody who knew everybody if you know you know you're in that situation you know and these guys these two these three uh you know immediately i always say that Rhea, you know, Bianca included, uh, especially when you see Raquel and you just see like the the athleticism, they all have that in common that immediately once you looked at these women, you knew, yo, this can be the future. And to see that it all can come into uh, fruition the way it did and they're all champions and they all look great in the ring. And it was just a great moment. And I love Frankie Monet's uh, opening promo. It was 
it introduced you knew exactly what her you know exactly what her character about in my opinion i know exactly what her character about just from that one appearance i know what i can probably expect you know not not just because i know her from impact but it's just they did a really good job of establishing the type of uh you know competitor she'll be not so much in the ring but at least her character wise and i really like that element too of this promo so it was a great segment all around you know raquel's address to the division was great and you know the debuts were great so this was just beautiful you know i, I agree 100 percent. i don't know how you cannot uh, I almost wanted to give a standing ovation in my room, in, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it is scary. And I think we're going to look back in a few years time and realize just how brilliant the kind of the women's division has been, especially with NXT that, you know, this past a couple of years. Uh, but we get Pete Dunn next saying last week, I wrestled Kashida and showed it's not just talk. I'm the best technical wrestler, not just in NXT, but in WWE. If anybody thinks it's different, step up and prove me wrong. It's now it's time to focus on championship gold. And then in Rene Regal's office, we see Roderick Strong. He's waiting with a sealed envelope. He says, I'm dumb. This is you sure. He goes, uh, I can't say it was trying at times dinner with you. Oh, no, Regal then says, can't say it wasn't uh, trying at times dinner with you, but you were the ultimate professional and you're welcome here any time. Roderick Strong has left. What do you make of that? I, I, you know, I, I thought, I still think that this may be part of some something bigger, you know, with with his uh maybe maybe a return down the line, you know I don't know if that means he's gonna get a brand new character or something like that. But I, I don't ne- I didn't necessarily know what to think at first. I, I didn't know if this was legit. Is he really done? I know Roger mm. has been in the business a long time and he's you know but it, it isn't like he said he's retiring. He's just done with NXT right now. So I you know I don't know if this is temporary. I didn't know what to think. I, I read that he maybe it's rumored that he could have been getting called up. That was like a month ago when I read that. Not sure. I haven't seen or heard anything else, so I, I didn't know what to think. But if he, you know, if he is done with NXT, uh, I think you know he has he hasn't even scratched the surface really of what he can do in WWE. He's so good in the ring, you know. I that's another guy that whether if you just look back, just look at his resume, especially like when you give him a chance one on one, even when he was in the undisputed era. Roderick Strong has a really good, you know, match track record <laughs> and. So I, I, I will miss some of that great action that he provide, you know, uh, but, you know, I don't know what's coming. So we'll see. I think maybe we, we may be in for a surprise down the line or, you know, we, we may see him on the main roster. And if he does go on the main roster, then I'm sure we will enjoy his matches with Ricochet on main event when they do happen. So uh... <laughs> I agree with you. I, it sucks because he's so good in the ring, but especially if he go, it, 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 like I said, I always figured that him and, you know, even Kyle O'Reilly and Fish would be in trouble, in my opinion, uh, on the main roster, just because I can't I have no faith that any faction can survive on the main roster, really, yeah. <laughs> even when they were together. So it's even worse when they're apart. And, yeah, Ali and Ricochet are having classic matches on main event, and that just makes you sad to think about. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on, and we got the overall <laughs> Versus Isaiah Swerve, Scott next. Young Dog looked to have Scott's number, nearly winning off a springboard stunner as well as a Frankensteiner. Ruff hit a rebound, closed out results by a discus lariat from Swerve. Recovering quickly, Ruff nearly stole the win with a jackknife pin. However, Scott barely kicked out, but was hit with a JML driver for the win. But Ruff attacked Scott backstage, making clear he was not done with Swerve despite losing clean. This was a different side of Ruff. Uh, I thought this was a great match, and I really like Ruff's spunk. I agree 100%. He's been showing a lot more fire, you know, in this uh, feud. And I think it needed to be, you know, Swerve made this personal, 
with the continued not only you know jumpings of him, but also you know, you know, just the way he's been talking about uh, Ruff, you know, at this to, up to this point. So you know, it, it makes a lot more. It makes sense within the story also that his demeanor would you know shift a little bit. Uh, but these guys, they have such a great chemistry, man. You know, they, they. I think I know I've said that just in their probably in some of their prior uh, meetings, just because that's just how good these guys work together. Like I said, I think the a mixture of the selling of Ruff has not only elevated uh, Swerve, but a mixture of the selling and you know his promos now have elevated Swerve. But also at the same time, the matches and the way they're put together still maintains how resilient and, you like you said, the spunkiness of Leon Ruff. So no one is losing anything in this feud. Both guys are elevating. And that's, that don't happen all the time, in my opinion. No, but I don't, I don't know if it's a move to Tuesdays or the momentum from TakeOver. But I thought this episode, like we said, we talked about it for a long time. But it's it, it kind of gave you everything that you wanted. We see Zoe Stark and Mercedes Martinez exchanging words backstage for another break. Uh, and then we get rid of package from an appearance goal to dominate NXT. Got bags to McKenzie Mitchell that he took Ruff out, but Ruff knocks him down and shoves the storage locker into his head before officials pull him off. Clearly, it's still going on. And then the main event, the way uh, versus Shotzi, Black Car, Ember Moon, Dexter Loomis, and Bronson Reed. Um, Hartwell was kept out of the action whenever Loomis was nearby. The women could not directly fight the men in this match, but did not stop them attacking everyone. Ember Moon caught Johnny Gagano with a suicide dive and Calisway DDT Loomis outside. The Colosso threw Shotzi onto the crowd outside Lucky Bronson. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, the Col- Colossus threw Shotzi Black Car onto the crowd outside. And I tell you what, Bronson Reed, at that point, I was like, you lucky son of a gun to be, <laughs> to be able to <laughs> press you know slam. See, I don't know if I should be embarrassed that I had the same thought or not. I don't know, if, you know, but I agree 100%. I, I definitely know exactly what you mean without having yeah. to even see anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. But then the action broke down because Loomis tries to put the silencer on Gagano, but Hartwell flops to a back like she's been injured. Loomis tries to help her up and Fury lays him out with a distraction. Hartwell gets pissed and throws Fury out and lays herself out in front of Loomis again, who picks her up and carries her to the back. She looks at the camera and winks and gives a thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it's just quality. You know, you can't really argue with that. Uh, Reed tells everyone to climb up on his shoulders and she hits the eclipse. Uh, Larray throws out. Gagano crotches Reed off the top nails with the forearms. They climb up, but get thrown off right onto Fury. Ray goes up and tries to get Reed up, but he's left dangling in the air. Blackheart gets her under her to dump her onto Gagano, and Reed hits a tsunami on the North American champion for the pin. Uh, the way, uh, like I said, uh, my, one of my favourites, one of our favourites, the matching outfits, uh, and this match was kind of made for them. And Index, uh, in the <laughs> Dexter, Index is really, really good stuff. This match was great. What were your thoughts on all these shenanigans? Man, that's exactly what they were, shenanigans. It was, this match was fun. This was so fun. Just pure fun, you know. I agree. Uh, Index is actually a good ship, man. I, I really didn't – I wasn't expecting it. It, re- it actually works. It really works. And this scheme was hilarious. And what I liked the most is Barrett's reaction versus <laughs> Belt's reaction. Because <laughs> Belt is exciting and like, oh, look at the loving – couple and Barrett is screaming. Loomis is kidnapping Indy Hardway. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the contrast there. That cracked me up. The intergender action in the match was a nice touch, man. It was just pure fun. You know, I loved everything about it. And like you said, everything the way it does is just perfect, 
pretty much at this point. Their characters have all have all figured out the the superhero, like you said, style that they that their their gear and all of that. It, it, it works, you know. Uh, I I love every second of it, and like yeah, the index stuff, very very interesting thing. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't wasn't expecting much from it at first. I thought this wouldn't last, but it, it's gone on a while now, and it's actually been compelling television. So nothing but props to Indies and you know, Loomis too. Loomis literally has to no sell all of these men. <laughs> yeah, I think he no props to the fact that he got to no sell all of the craziness around him every week. <laughs> But the thing I love about it as well, especially with this main event, is you're going, oh, Austin Theory, I think he's my favourite. Oh, no, Cuckoo Bananas. No, it's Johnny Gagano. <laughs> and, then, and then at the end of it, you're going, I never knew Indy Hartwell was my favourite member of the way, but she, she really is tonight. <laughs> I agree. It, it, it switches. It really does switches. You know, it, it goes like one of them, you know, cracks you up every time. And it's not even just about comedy. It just, it's smart also, like Indy's playing. You know, it was just, it was just smart. To draw his attention. So I I, I really like it. Uh, so we move on to our second episode. We're going to be here for a long time here tonight, but it's going to be worth it. April 20th is the next one. I can't remember if uh, we mentioned the wings to the NXT logo and the skull and the fire that we had. Um, come to think of it, it might actually be a new theme as well, but it's all shouty stuff to me now. So I don't really, you know what I mean? It's all, and then just the theme and... Uh, yeah, I'll just go, all right. Well, after, yeah, after that, Carl O'Reilly returns. Way back, he's dumbfounded that he struck to the ring playing air guitar. Happy uh, that he defeated Adam Cole. Uh, he says he's put Adam Cole behind him and he's ready to move forward and focus on NXT Championship held by Cameron Cross. And then Cameron Grimes interrupts Carl O'Reilly. So we've had the way, and now Cameron Grimes is going, here we go. Um, he wants to set up a business relationship with a man. He offers to watch his back and invest in Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, the sunglasses, he's been even get a jacket printed up. Um, O'Reilly basically uh, <laughs> levels Grimes with the right hand and starts <laughs> celebrating again. Uh, these two do have a personality and it was fun. But wasn't it a very WWE way of setting up a main event with an opening promo? Uh, yeah, it was definitely. It was, it's, it's literally the WWE way. I don't, you know, that's just... Yeah, very, very, very like WWE. I, I I can't even put it in the right words because like that's just a staple of their programming. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I must say I'm not. I wasn't really sure about the cool cow stuff. I just didn't like. I hate when I, I just don't like. I don't like someone being called cool cow because I think if I think you're cool, I just I think you're cool. I don't. Why you gotta tell me you're cool? But anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> You know, no, it's, it's it's the old anybody that says this is quite cool, and you go, <laughs> it is the fucking opposite of, <laughs> of exactly cool. any other. A perfect example, Michael Cole would do that sometimes. He would say, "Oh, this is so cool," and you just be like, "Yep, you just ruined it, Michael." Even if it was, <laughs> yeah. even if it was, you ruined it. So, but yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about that as uh, you know a, a, that character switch but you know you got to give it time but Cameron Grimes just makes everything better it doesn't matter what it is well, well, uh, well we get a video package of Sarai arriving earlier today and being greeted by William Regal this is where Zoe Stark made a challenge and got her match tonight and afterward L.A. Knight talks about his recent history. He says, guess what, dummies? What goes around comes around. Dexter Limbus, you want to put your hands on me right where you're looking at me? I will off your on switch. And that's not a promise. That's a fact of life. Goddamn, kid. Goddamn. 
so <laughs> then we get Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight. Uh, of course, he's mocking Dexter Loomis too much. Um, the tortured artist managed to recover. Indy Hartwell caught his attention, though, behind the barricade. <laughs> Loomis and Hartwell stared into each other's arms too long. And Knight took advantage of the tortured artist with a reverse DDT out of the ropes to win. Uh, finish was sloppy, but still a fan of Index and Knight picking up the victories. What were your thoughts? Well, I agree. I think that, that that's what this match was really all about. It was all about adding an extra layer to the index storyline to, to to continue to tease the crowd, who seems to really want that kiss, by the way. Uh, so you know, they that's just, they let you know that, that they the story you got they had they got you right where they want you when you hear that crowd really want them to kiss. <laughs> so yeah, that that was cool. But uh, as far as LA Knight getting the victory, he did a good job of taking advantage of a moment, like in a typical slimy heel fashion, you know what I mean? So it, it worked out, in uh, in my opinion, from that standpoint. The match was what it was. It was like, you know, as as normal of a match, in my opinion, as you can get. But the story that it told to continue to index stuff uh, worked perfectly. Yeah, I mean, between the serial killer and the mouse stripper, I mean, it was can get, really. <laughs> way it goes uh the way he dragged uh india away before like he said the two could lock lips um we see bronson reed challenging johnny gagano but he said austin theory agreed to fight the colossal next week uh again this is really funny saying like uh no i can beat him and johnny's just getting so frustrated as well i got his uh, number yeah, like, yeah. no you don't and but by the way he also said johnny gagano said i love it when you call me big papa johnny and i died i had to write it down when he said it Big Papa Johnny. That's what I'm saying. It's just be some one little thing in everything they do. One one of those things. You just like these guys. Like Johnny's insane. <laughs> Honestly, it is it is comic gold at this moment in time. Uh, we see Laura Ross said he enjoyed beating up as I swerve Scott last week. Bulls new or caught swerve. It's your move. Then we get Beth Phoenix interviewing uh, Eo Shiai. Uh, she's um, her 300 plus day reign came to an end. She said, Raquel was my biggest and toughest challenge. Uh, but she said, what's next? She's going to rest. She defended the title over 300 days. Her body needs time. But then Frankie Monet dogs interrupts and goes, hello. No, he doesn't because dogs don't talk. It's silly. Uh, he says, uh, I'm, Fra- I'm, Frankie. I'm Frankie Monet. She says, congratulations. An amazing iconic title reign. Um, and then she says, Beth, I'm such a fan. Uh, of course, Phoenix doesn't like that. Uh, and she looks at Monet and says, I like cats. Which, again, was a good <laughs> style. Um, EO is just so cool. Uh, obviously, yeah. she deserves to be on the main roster at some point. Is this a way of her... De- Look, I know usually when you leave a promotion or, you know, when you get moved up, you, you lose. And, of course, Frankie Renee beating EO Shy would be huge. But does that really need to happen? Or EO just go up on the main roster and just have it like that? You know, because she's put... Probably- I, I, I would prefer... Yeah, I agree. I prefer EO to uh, just go, you know, I think she's done everything she needs to do in NXT. She doesn't have to put over a Frankie Monet, even though I can understand why, uh, you know, NXT may feel that way, if you see what I'm saying, because, you know, uh, it'd be a great way to establish Frankie as someone, you know, to to take seriously. She beats, uh, you know, former, you know, NXT champion. But uh, I don't, think they like you said i don't think they necessarily need to do that or have to do that i i honestly believe this i believe this is actually one of those times where 
someone said they're taking a break, and I believe they really are. Because the only reason why I say that is because she has not been at home for in Japan for through this entire you know pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be nice, in my opinion, if they were to allow her to go back home, refresh, you know, see family and friends, you know what I mean? And then you can decide whether you want to just continue, you know, debut her on the main roster, or is there anything left for her to accomplish in NXT? But personally, in my opinion, yeah, you know, completely. unless you're going to get her in a tag team and let her run, be a tag team champion, I don't see anything else that she needs to do or prove to anyone. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like I said, she's completed NXT now, so you know it's time to uh to to move up and on. Well, up next we get Breezango versus Grizzle Young Veterans. Breezango come out wearing the Queen's Guard outfits, tend to march back and forth as they do, uh, and of course Grizzle Young Vets aren't happy. But the rules are that you can't move as a Royal Guard. That didn't last right. long because we actually got a match. Uh, so that kind of, I was going, oh, the philosophy of them being looked like that is really taken away from, it, from this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as an Englishman, as we were. Um, but again, this wasn't a bad match with Grizzly Young Vets in most of control. And the uh, speed and ingenuity of the team as well. They uh, <laughs> stacked him up for a ticket to Mayhem for the win this was a really enjoyable match Grizzly young vets of course are on the up suppose um breeze anger i know we've had some releases recently in wwe and all this lot should and we think we've talked i think we talked about it before breeze anger should they just be happy in the position they're in that they've got a position at this moment in time i mean if you want to take it yeah if you want to look at it through the context of like you said all the people who have come and gone yeah but I honestly think based on their talent, based on what they both can do, not only as a team, but, you know, even individually, because I think in the ring, they're great. Maybe it's maybe more, maybe, a, you know, a gimmick switch. You know, they've been doing this Rizango thing for a long time. You know, Fandango has, do you, I don't even, I don't, 2014, 15, when Fandango officially showed up and there's, you know, the song and all that. Like, he's been doing that character and not really been serious ever as, as long as I've known him pretty much in WWE. So uh, it'll be nice if they could actually give him something else, you know, some type of character switch at, at some point. But uh, same thing with, uh, you know, uh, you know, Breeze, who, you know, other than, you know, the supermodel gimmick, I've never seen him really get a chance to do anything else. And I'm not saying that the supermodel gimmick needs to go or needs to come back, in, you know, in any way. But I am saying that, you know, those guys are too talented, in my opinion, to, to just like you said, be grateful for their position. They they have good enough matches, and they're they have the potential, in my opinion, not only just as a team but just as wrestlers to really bring value, not only to NXT but even on the main roster. So I just think they just need you know like maybe a repackaging character wise because you know after a while you you know we we've, we've seen Brizongo, we've seen that be done many times, whether they're champions or not. So. You know, I think that's run its course, but they have the talent to be more than just, you know, expansion talent or, you know, putting over the other guys. Yeah, no, I thought I completely agree with that. Well, up next, Cameron Grimes vows to put Kyle O'Reilly back in the hospital, but first he wants to show off the NFT he just bought. Unfortunately, he was outbid for it by Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase screams in frustration and <laughs> leaves. We're going to get more of that later. Up next, Sarai versus Zoe Stark, the Warrior of the Sun. The entrance was okay, nothing special, very generic theme. Uh, and Beth Phoenix and commentary says Sarai's a real deal. She lays everyone from Ayakong to Miko Setamora. 
since arrived, which again it's so simple yet gets forgotten sometimes when they're kind of debuting superstars uh, and then into the match and this is a very back and forth match between the two actually quite a bit of a surprise uh, start pulls fry up to feet fry fights out with elbows start grabs her by the trunks fry with a spinning heel kick and then with a suplex she hooks her leg and she gets the pin um both impressed here um sarai only five feet uh it, and um I, I think it's alexa bliss coming through because she proved size didn't matter you know five feet of fury i don't maybe think sarai would have an opportunity if it wasn't for that i might be wrong but i think that's kind of the way we've seen the women's d- uh, division now as well where we talk about size it doesn't really matter either uh, it really doesn't. And you know what? I don't know, man. That five feet thing really getting really got to me. The only reason why I say that is because if she's five feet and maybe I just need to see them next to each other. And that's the reason why I don't know. I'm like, what, what, what was EO? <laughs> 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 she looks taller to me than the EO was. And she looks like right around Oscar's uh, a little bit shorter, maybe than Oscar it was like five, three, I believe, or something like this. So, you know, it's, it's only two. It's like it's inches. We're talking about inches here. So it's not. You're not going to see that much of a noticeable difference, I guess, if she's five foot, you know. But anyway, it just it, it amazes to me uh, when they was talking about that. But I thought this was a great debut for Sarai. And I also want to point out that for someone who's relatively new to NXT herself, Zoe Stark, they have a lot of trust in what she can do. And I think she's done a great job of, you know, establishing just with her performances also why, you know, we already – you can see why they have a lot of trust, not only in this match, but in her matches with, uh, you know, other – more uh, veteran, you know, or more, you know, established talents in the division. So I just thought it was a real nice spot for two newer guys. I mean, two newer girls. I'm, I'm looking at something on my television, and that's why I said that. But anyway, uh, yeah. Two, don't don't two, tell two. us what you're watching. <laughs> 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 no, but, no, I completely agree, because this is a beautiful thing of the women's division where you go, oh, I got Frankie Monet, we've got uh, Sarai coming in. And Zoe Stark, who, you know, like I said, upset victory over Tony Storm and then putting her in matches, even coming up short, but showing off what she can do. And now you're thinking to yourself, like a month after seeing her, oh, they've actually, she's actually someone in the women's division. Look what they did with Gonzalez just with the kind of the squash matches and the hype videos to get to that point as well. It, it just works, you know? I agree 100 percent, you know, and they've done they have a they have a formula now, you know, and they, they did a great job mentioning that the, the women who come before her and uh, even, you know, even mentioned Shinsuke's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's run. So, yeah, you know, they have a, a formula now and they've perfected it. And William Regal said it best. This division is only getting better. It was bad. Well, we go to Raquel and Dakota. She said, oh, I was a great champion, but I'll be damned if I'm to kick ass to kick everybody else to prove I'll be even better. Uh, go ahead and line them up one by one and I'll take them all down. I would not disagree with her. Uh, Candice Ray tries to drag Indy Hartwell to challenge Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, but Hartwell abandons her to go looking for Dexter Loomis and she promises <laughs> to get jumped by the Women's Tag Team Champions until one beatdown in their private locker room. Again, it's a little backstage segment, but just gives you so, just you know, laughs and everything like that. It's just really, really good stuff. Uh, we get a video package of Kashida defeating Santos Escobar. And then we get Kushida's open challenge. This was a fucking awesome video recalling last week. It makes it look like they planned it because they had all the tweets and all the Japanese press and everything like this. Uh, and like I said, for me, the best wrestler of 2021 in NXT. And then only Lorcan came out and I thought this would be awesome. And it was uh, because we see Lorcan um, escaping for the hoverboard, but only for so long before being thrown to the mat and forced out. 
and forced to tap out after hitting a few um, nice stiff shots there. After the Gala Del Fantasma ambush the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, and Mr. K arrives to even the odds, and the faces to tall in the ring. Um, this was great. The match and what happened after, all spot on, you know? I agree 100%. Everything about this was great. The international, uh, you know, press, like you said, was such a nice touch. And, uh, you know, it just showed you how much of a big deal he is in, you know, in internationally because of, of the headlines, you know, like uh, that, it, that it caught. You know, it just showed you, you know, he he's a legend, you know, uh, around the world. And it's, it's great to see him, like you said, break through and finally, uh, you know, start to establish some of that stuff, uh, some of that style in, you know, WWE in NXT. Uh, the match with Arnold Lorcan was great as expected. I don't know. I, I don't know what else could you expect from those guys. Like you said, Kushida doesn't really have bad matches, and Arnie, uh, uh, whether it's singles tag team, he's he's kind of that same ilk. I think if you just give him time, he's gonna do exactly what you just said. It's gonna be great catch wrestling, great grappling submission. So, uh, I, I thought this was really really cool, and uh, I love that. You know, immediately after winning the championship, instead of just showing a video package and saying what his reign will be like, we 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 get a video package and we actually get a match to establish, you know, what his reign will be like. And I love every second of it. Well, I doubt well, afterwards, Mercedes Martinez tells Raquel Gonzalez that she's nothing but a lapdog for Dakota Kai. She vows to take Kai out of the equation so she can get a shot. You can't argue with that. And then we get Garno's argument with Fury when we come back. A disheveled LeRae sits down next to them. Hartwell interrupts before she can explain what happened to her. Hartwell says that Gagano and Fury are getting a tag team title shot thanks to Mr. Regal. So they all celebrate and leave Paul LeRae all by herself. Uh, we then get Ever Rise versus Imperium. Alexander Wolf accompanies Fabio Knight, no Marcel Barfel to ring only that two only ones compete with Ever Rise competing, more like squashing. Uh Kenny Dane Drake Maverick tried to distract the hills, yet Imperium took the win easily with elevated double uppercut for the win. Uh so we know Robert Stone is a Tony Khan rib, uh, obviously what he done. But the Ever Rise are the young bucks of uh you know, Ever Rise and the Young Bucks, it's because look, they've even got a show on Saturday morning social media. <laughs> you know, uh, and like, what the fuck? What are they going to call it? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, it's being the ever. And it's just like, it's the comparisons. Why am I crazy? Has anybody else? I, I'm not the only one, surely, you know? I, You know, I didn't even think about that. You know, I, I that's a great point. They're like a spoof version <laughs> of, of that. You know, like a spoof of it. And that, that would explain why. They have no chance in pretty much every match they're in, and that would explain why you know they're they're pretty much all both like Stone and Ever Rise are pretty much matter of fact matter of fact that's who Stone need to attract Nick. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. go ahead with they'll be per- they'll be perfect. They fit right in. They fit right in with the brand. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Um, but I'm I'm questioning with Imperium. Is it going to be Killian Dane or Timmy Thatcher joining them, or are they going to throw us like a curveball with that? Um, it'll be interesting to see what we what we uh, have, and then Karen Cross and Scarlett stare a hole for Carlo Riley to make his way to the ring to uh, start the main event versus Cameron Grimes. Uh, we see Grimes trying to take advantage of a cross face, but Carlo Riley showed he was far more natural technician, uh, technical. Comp- Need look in the hill hook. The damage built up with Kyle O'Reilly was clearly far from 100%. O'Reilly barely blocked the cave-in, hit a roundhouse. The kick count has continued. Finally, Kyle O'Reilly won with a diving knee, drop to the back. Uh, it was a really good match. But a couple of things. Uh, should this have been the main event? And uh, for, for me personally, 
We talked about the cool Carl character. I saw more personality from Grimes than I did from O'Reilly, and that I, worries me slightly. I agree 100%. I think Kyle, Kyle even said it in his promo that he usually let his actions in the ring speak for him. And I think that's that fits him the best. He's much more, he, he does much better, in my opinion, in my, if you keep what he has to say, is even though I think he's, I think he's so great and sarcastic. Like if you ever listen to him, get a chance to do interviews or you know the few chances he actually do talk, he can be entertaining. It's just I agree a hundred percent when you're trying to establish Kyle O'Reilly's personality, you putting him in the in the ring or around the wrong guy because Cameron is all personality. If yeah. you see what I'm trying to say, all character. So I think it really shows where he where where Kyle O'Reilly is lacking when he's in involved with someone like a Cameron Grimes because of how strong Cameron Grimes' character is, uh, you know, especially now with the, you know, the money man gimmick, you know. So, uh, it, it, yeah, I agree 100%. Cameron Grimes definitely show a lot more coolness or character, in my opinion, than what Kyle O'Reilly had to show. But, yeah, in the ring, Kyle O'Reilly has it, has it all, in my opinion, in the ring. Submissions, kicks, all of it. I love his style. I love you know, the way he fights, I like it. But as far as that character goes, I really want to see what else they, they do because just throwing a, a jean jacket. I saw a lot of people saying he looked like the uh, off-brand Orange Cassidy. I don't think they was going for it. I don't think Orange Cassidy owned uh, – I don't think it's gimmick infringement to wear denim or whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, because some people – that's what I actually saw that. People actually think it's gimmick infringement <laughs> just to wear denim. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think – Putting him in there with someone like a uh, like a Grimes definitely shows that he's that he la- where he lacks as far as his personality goes. Oh, without a doubt. But another good episode of NXT. We move on to the next one, the 27th of April. We start off with Dakota Kai versus Mercedes Martinez. We get short on clothesline, puts Kai down, and Martinez howls with anger. Chops and forearms follow Martinez with a double underhook suplex. Not once, not twice, but thrice. Uh, Martinez snaps the left arm, and Kai falls out the floor in pain. Gonzalez tried to attack Martinez when she was outside, but missed. Martinez does not miss and gives her a forearm for getting in the ring. Martinez hoists Kai up on his shoulders, and Gonzalez giving a boot to the face for the DQ. And Gonzalez whips her into barricade, mouths off, and throws her into ring post. It sounds like she's saying, I run this place, I'm the champion. In Spanish, but I'm not 100% sure. She Martinez <laughs> and Lawn dance her into the barricade. Kai has Gonzalez a women's title. She puts it over her right shoulder, still talking, uh, still talking smack. It's a good match until the DQ. Then, oh my God, Gonzalez Javelins Martinez. Yes, I've said it again. What a killer! <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful, you know. And, and the thing is, spots like that. They work so well with Raquel also because no one else really in the division is is going to be doing things like that. Lauren Dart, someone like that in that in, in that fashion, like we said, we talk about some of the other people's stature when she, you know, her, using her size to her advantage to dominate no matter who she's in the ring with. And uh, like you said, that spot, nasty, absolutely nasty. Right, uh, then we get Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart backstage with Mackenzie Mitchell. Moon, it's the same tricks, it's just a new day, and we all know they lost their way. They're given flowers, and Frankie Monet interrupts to read the card attached. She says, <laughs> Love Dexter Loomis. She's doing shit. Indy will not be happy about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get Grimes is shopping for some bling bling, and he wants the most extravagant watch that's in the city. And Jordan says, Yeah, same for him, but you have to wait until part two, because back in the ring, the Grizzle Young Veteran have something to say. Um, the thing is, and one of the things I watch a bit with Japanese wrestling, uh, and I watch 
with these guys as well, especially English wrestlers, is the language. Because I never thought I would hear Zach Gibson saying about MSK, they're a great team, but personally, they're the two biggest knobheads I've ever met in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the knobheads, like wanker, all this kind of stuff. And I think, I don't think WWE know it's it's that bad. (laughs) That's exactly, that's the funniest part about it. They have no clue. They really don't. It's, I'm like, that's so foul, you know. Um, and the Grizzly Young Vets said they're soon to be recognised as NXT uh, Tag Team Champions. But then Tommaso Ciampa and Factor interrupt. He says there's a lot of strengths, but they're looking at some um, video packages. And they saw one show, NXT UK Takeover Cardiff, uh, Shoes Off If You Hate Gibson. Uh, Factor starts singing it and Ciampa takes off his left shoe to bonk both men in the head. The Grizzly Young Vets bow out the ring and the other Grizzly Young Veterans celebrate. I do love the Grizzled Young Vets, but to be fair, I don't trust Factor as far as Gonzalez can throw him when it comes to teaming up with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I agree 100%. That's the thing that's only that's been in the back of my mind th- this entire thing. When is it going to happen? Like, it's just and that's that's crazy. Like they actually haven't showed that many signs of it. They haven't really teased it other than like the Imperium uh possibility. They haven't really teased it strongly. Uh and, and I still just I'm just waiting for it. Just waiting cuz I know it'll come. I, I I agree with you. I don't trust him at all. But I am, I will say that them two together, it, I'm surprised at how well they fit. I don't know if that just means Chompa would fit well with anyone who wrestles the style that Thatcher wrestles. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, it, it, oh, yeah, like just Chompa just fits well in general and teams. I don't know. But I really like them together. No, no, really, really good stuff. And then backstage, Drake Maverick says, a tag team match tonight with Imperium. I wonder how that came about. And Dane says, same way, you always get it, I ask. Maverick says he knows he'll get jumped by Imperium. But Dane says, in the immortal words of a great man, you've got to have faith. (laughs) Did he just quote George Michael on me? I think it was just a careless whisper. (laughs) Man, I need a drum roll. <laughs> Put a bum yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you, I'm here all night. Hey, no, <laughs> we then get a promo from ZLE flat by Boa as we go to a break. And then we get Swerve Scott is recording studio again. He says Leo Ruff is a cow for blind signs of him. Swerve didn't think you had it in you. It was obviously the ring can't contain us anymore. I'm going to propose something since the ball's in my court. Falls count anywhere. The match is booked for next week on NXT. And you mentioned this earlier. I'm just going to pick it up what you put down. Swerve, the hill, the hill personality, the confidence that that, mm-hmm. that he is oozing, for me, just feels so star-like. And it's just clicked with me. With me, with him, and him in NXT, I just love this. And I think he can go all the way to the top. Personally. I agree 100%. I think he believes in it, too. You can tell he's invested in this. And uh, he, I, I feel it. He, you can just see when he looks into it. Sometimes he gives a look into the camera, and he give you that smile, of that that confidence, and it just is there. And I, I agree a hundred percent. I, I'm expecting a really big rest of the, you know, year for uh, for Swerve. Without a doubt. And then we get Tony Storm versus Zayda Ramir. And Storm says, uh, Zoe Stark, you owe me a thank you at Takeover. I made you famous. People only know you because of me and your footnote career. Um, she says, I'm going to slap the rookie. I'm going to imagine it's you. She hits Ramir with a big boot. Ramir tries to fight back with shots to the gut, but it's taken down with an uppercut. Uh, Storm looks to go to the Storm Zero, but she slows Ramir down, picks her up, 
sets on the top rope. She climbs to the underhook. And Zoe Stark gets the apron to distract Storm. It's enough for Mia to fight back with right hands as she jumps off the top rope for a shooting star press to pin Storm. So your winner is Zayda Ramirez. Barrett said he was terrified watching the shooting star press. And so was I. She barely got all the way right. Yeah. She got to that and I'll go, get around, get around, get around. Ooh, it was and close. Managed it. Yeah. Um, Mighty close. But I mean, very, very Im- uh, impressive stuff. And see that dynamite? Two women's matches back to back. It can be done. You see, very simple. Uh, but I think it's good stuff. Like. <laughs> I agree. That's a great point. And also, do you see that? WWE, you can establish a jobber easily. <laughs> Just all you have to do is make it make sense within the story, and now we have someone else who to who we you know who, to watch out for in the division. Even if she did, you know, pretty problem. You know, we know she got lucky, right? But now she she got a victory over Tony Storm. You know that that's that's the type of booking. Those are the type of decisions, the things you don't expect. That's the type of things that I love in my wrestling. I don't, I you know. I hate when I know, or I just, I, I, you know, we watch wrestling, a lot of wrestling. So after a while, you kind of can almost predict what's coming. And I don't like that. I love it when they throw, throw, throw a monkey wrench in my thought process. And that's exactly what they did here. And yeah, she cut it close, but I'm glad she made it. Cause <laughs> imagine if that, if it didn't work, man. We would have gone uh, and on to our next match uh, between uh, Tony Storm and uh, Zayda Ramir. And unfortunately, Zayda landed on her head. Uh, Yeah, yeah. you know how they the the tone, you know how like uh, the announcer started whispering barely. Uh, Yeah, it would have been one of those because, uh, you know, that's a scary spot, man. It's uh, something terrible has uh, (laughs) happened. Uh, in the ring, and um, we're going to go backstage now. And uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, uh, like I said, we're lucky that she did it. And backstage, Santos Espar uh, said that Legado del Fansville will make a statement in the main event. And then Bronson Reed is walking to the ring for his match, but Johnny Gargano and Candice Ray are staring holes through him. And then Austin says to him, "Hey, you guys are in the." Uh, it's just he's such a goofball, <laughs> like little things like that. And I go. Oh, do you know what? You actually do make me laugh. Uh, but Reed gets a top shot Gagano if he wins next uh, in his match. Before it, though, we get a promo from L.A. Knight saying, Indy, let me talk to you. You did a bang-up job of putting it on for the camera. There's a twinkle in your eye that tells me there's a tingle in your loins. And there ain't nothing to be ashamed of. I've got a lot of references you can ask anybody. And when you'd be disappointed by Dexter Loomis, you can call me. That's not an insult. That's a fact of life. Wow, not many can get away <laughs> with that type of promo nowadays. <laughs> His, her, when he said her loins, I was like, whoa. <laughs> they, her loins, huh? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, uh, that was that's that might be the, the best one. The best one he's got he's he's given. That old school style. I agree. It, it's kind of cool that they let him go that far. And you know, that's I, I hate to say it, and I don't have a problem with it, because there's a lot of guys who's like that. He's not, I don't, I'm not really impressed with him in the ring. I never really have been, but I must say that the promos have definitely at least kept me watching L.A. Knight, and I couldn't do it when, when he was Eli Drake. The channel was changing. L.A. Knight, I still, you know, at least want to at least see what he's talking about. So I give him props from the, <laughs> for, uh, you know, on that front. Well, one people, we, uh, one one team we don't want to hear from is Ever Rise as they try to cut a promo <laughs> from Mackenzie Mitchell. She says she's not interested. Neither are we. Uh, and then we go to our match: Bronson Reed wow. versus Austin Theory. 
Um, so we see Reed with sent off for near fall the way or distraught as a watch from ringside. Except Indy, who's still pouting, of course. Fury goes to suplex Reed reversal, leaving both men down in the middle. Dexter Loomis walks out from the back of the way, looking in the ring. And haven't noticed him until he gets a few feet away. Gagano panics and pulls the ray away. Hartwell <laughs> tries to walk away, but Loomis keeps walking after her. I mean, that's what I do with women. You know, right. I'll just I'll just not say anything and follow them. And, yeah. and you works out, you know, you I'll say usually. Um, Hartwell rolls into the ring to get in the way. Fury charges and collides with Loomis after he shoves Hartwell away out of harm's way. Reed goes to the top rope for the tsunami and picks up the win and the title shot. Um, Barrett was quite a Barrett again. Way Barrett. <laughs> Congratulations. Quoting Billy Jean on commentary again. NXT seems to have. I don't know if it's just you and I. But they've just they don't take themselves too seriously and it's just such an enjoyable show. The the backstage things of the way or camera grinds or even Barrett on commentary with a relationship with Vic Joseph and Beth Phoenix. It's just brilliant, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think they have so such a great chemistry. You know, all three of them, they they like you said, that that they are they even have, like you said, great comedic time. And it's just like I don't know what Triple H and few I don't know if this just is NXT only booked by DX's version of Triple H. <laughs> when he's just trying to make you laugh yeah. constantly, trying to pop you. I don't understand, but either way it goes. Uh, yeah, I agree. They do, they do a really good job at that. And it's a lot of things that defy logic sometimes. Like you said, Dexter Lewis, again, completely ignores consent. Because <laughs> as she's walking away, she's telling him no. No, and, you know, that's that's supposed to be enough for you to, you know, actually listen to the woman, right? Not for good old Dex. <laughs> just going to keep, you know, creeping and, you know, walking his way through. But guess um, what, guys? We're supposed to cheer that guy. <laughs> He's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't said or done anything remotely heroic. <laughs> But yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> He's kidnapped three or four people now. I mean, come on. <laughs> and we're supposed to be okay with it because Theory said he enjoyed his time. Yeah. Stockholm Syndrome does not mean he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a problem, but it's a really good match. And story, and of course, uh, uh, Reed is getting momentum. And then Kushida and MSK are backstage. Um, they say they're excited tonight. It's going to be three on three. On NXT, and Kushida says, tonight, let's show him we are the champions. M.S. Kushida. Um, <laughs> and then we see Gagano, the Ray and Fury are pumping up Indy Hartwell backstage, saying that Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart are trying to steal her man. And it's now abundantly clear that Ray sent the NXT Women's Champion to the Flowers and the card. Hartwell's Fury go find them and do some damage. Um, time for another. Again, it's the way, uh, like the glue that holds this show together. Because you can have four or five backstage segments in a show to set up where it's going. And even the kind of the, the cards and indie Hartwell, it's just, I don't want to keep putting it over, but it's just really, really fun. Uh, and then we get Imperium versus Drake Maverick and killing Dane. Uh, and again, we see the storyline here with Barthel yanking Dane off the apron and night and they're kicking Maverick in the head from behind to one beating in the corner. Dane comes in and cleans house legal or not. The ref tries in vain to send him out. As he sends Imperium out, Dane gets a boot to the face on the floor from Barfell in trouble. And he orders Alexander Wolf to whack Dane with a steel chair, but Wolf refuses to do it. Maverick dies while the two argue. Dane throws Maverick back in the ring, goes back on the work outside. Uh, of course, he gets pinned in the end with a Euro bomb for the pin, and Imperium get the win. Um, 
But it's it's just brilliant because it's him thinking Dane will turn. Him actually saying, you're going to turn on me, I know. And then Alexander Wolf showing a little bit of human side to him as well, you know? Uh, it, it's just beautiful stuff, man. And like you said, uh, I wasn't expecting that. This is when it began to say, wow, so are they actually teasing that Wolf mm. could possibly end up separating from Imperium? You know, like, yeah, that's when it started to kind of ring in my head that, okay, so they're telling, you know, two, three different stories here at once. Like you said, the dissension between Maverick and Dane and Maverick expecting to be turned on. And, you know, and Dane, you know, like you said, the, the past with Wolf, but at the same time, you know, Wolf is in a different place now. Dane is in a different place now. Do they want to go back to the place they were when they were, like, you know, together in sanity? Do they, like you said, do Alexander Wolf? I think he at, at first he wanted – Dane to join him, but it seems like now he's even considering, you know, other options himself. So it's just a lot of great storytelling elements, and whoever is has been coming up, adding layers to this story, they've done a great job. And I just want to know, where does this culminate? Like you said, do we get a stronger Imperium in the end? Or do we get a new tandem or faction of some sort in any kind of way? I don't know. I just can't wait to, to see where this goes. That, like I said, it's just really, really good stuff. And then Pete Dunn, of course, uh, saying he could take on anybody. Says, Karen Cross, you don't intimidate me. I don't need smoke and mirrors. When I walk in the room and the mood changes, I'm the baddest man in NXT. Try to prove me wrong. Prove oh. me wrong, I dare you. I just <laughs> like the accent because yes. I'm so used to kind of, hey, man, I'm going to beat you at whatever it is, you know, and, and we're getting a, I'll tell you, I'm going to beat you. I don't care. <laughs> Okay, you know, it's just it's just fun. Right. And, and, you know, I think in the past, a lot of foreign uh, like people who are not from America, when they came to WWE, they would try, like you said, to fit in and try to hide their accent more. I mean, I, I, I love it. Like you said, Drew, even on the main roster, Drew and Sheamus, that nothing is nothing's more Irish than Sheamus's accent. <laughs> nothing, nothing is as Scottish as when Drew, you know, really gets going. In his promos, and I just like you said, I love it. Finn Balor when he was the champion on top, adding extra, you know, a little extra accent on, you know, just to to make it stronger. Like those are things that we didn't see, like you said, years ago. So it's it's just so cool to see that, and then it adds something, in my opinion, to Pete Dunne because he looks like a tough bastard. If you see what I'm trying to say, and it matches up with his style. So everything he says fits very well within the story that Pete Dunne tells uh you know consistently with his you know every match he has it's just like i said it's really really good stuff uh when it, when it comes all round at this moment in time and the thing is when it when it does deliver bad or if it does then we will call it but at the moment it's just you know it, it really is uh in a really good place and it's even like we go back to cameron grimes uh, of course, he wanted to find a new timepiece. He decided in the shop that he wanted to spend the most money he could on it. And Grimes took a new look at his new watch. But then all of a sudden, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, appeared out of nowhere and said it, was a, it wasn't a bad piece, kid, but it's not a million-dollar watch. He then revealed a much nicer watch and did his signature laugh in Grimes' face. Uh, Ted exited the jewelry store as frustrated Grimes looked on um and even put on twitter was like that, that damn ted dibiase my grits um and of course we've finally seen ted dibiase appearing on nxt tv there's been rumors for this happening for ages we've been wanting it for a long long time well, i'm really really pleased my only question for you is where can this go now because i think there's possibilities there but even between the two but what are your thoughts on the whole thing because this was laugh out loud funny as well 
Oh man, everything he's like I said, he's been doing has been great. I've been like you said, ever since the beginning when he's been doing this, you know, Ted DiBiase thing. I just been, I couldn't wait for Ted to show up because I knew it would just fit perfectly. By the way, Ted DiBiase still has the greatest heel, cocky, rich man laugh. Ever. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it justice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, it's, it's annoying on purpose. So obnoxious, and it's it just still perfect. It still hits perfectly at his current age. I, and he looks really good, by the way. He looks, I mean, really good. You know, the only thing that's different now is that he's much grayer. But that, other than that, the face, all that still looks good to me. So, uh, you know, he has, uh, he has, he's always been a great mouthpiece. So I think, you know, maybe a relationship between him and Grimes, maybe it started off as a little, you know, uh, you know, as he's been one up in Grimes so far. But maybe it develops into maybe Ted DiBiase managing Grimes at some point or managing someone else, you know, at some point. I don't know what it – but they have a lot of options there. You know, part of me was like, oh, they're going to go to – you know, I think I think recently, not too long ago, AEW had Tully Blanchard in the ring. I was like, I don't really see that happening. I don't see <laughs> yeah. DiBiase in the ring. We're, we're going to see a blood and guts match between DiBiase and Grimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or like uh, – I think my fiance when she was like, "Are they are, are they really considering to uh, let Grimes, you know, fight DiBiase?" And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, won't that be something?" <laughs> that would be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to see it. I don't want. I don't want anybody to think. <laughs> it's not gonna. It's not gonna be take next takeover match. But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yes, I love it. They've done great. Their character work is there. It's perfect. They have a lot of possibility to go. And like you said, it's always a good thing. You know, they 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 pace this so well. It's like it's like NXT give you some serious wrestling promos or a serious match, and then they give you comedy, and then they you know they they throw, throw another couple of serious promos in there, and then another. You know, the something funny happens on commentary, and then you have a Cameron Grimes segment. Like it's just paced perfectly, in my opinion. And, and, I, and I think Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase, their little back and forth, have been a great touch to NXT uh, since they uh, went to Tuesday nights. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we get up next, Jesse Kamaya and Lyle, or Numph versus Shotzi, Blackheart, and Ember Moon. But before the match can even begin, uh, the Ray and Hart will come out and attack Blackheart and Moon as they've been handy gifts of fruits and cupcakes from the stage crew. Robert Stone acts like he's supposed to say he's just won the title. But since the match never began, how could it be even possible? Officially, the match is a no contest, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll take a picture of that and put it on his mantelpiece. Uh, we then get an interview with Adam Cole, who was preoccupied. He said he's not bothered by his loss with Kyler Riley. He saw himself in the face of NXT and he laughed at the idea that Riley or Cross could take his spot. The camera showed Riley watching the interview, shaking his head. So we are not finished with that one. And then we get a tease of Diamond Mine. Um, we, um, we did talk, uh, I think, a couple of maybe updates ago about Evolve and, and maybe a kind of harder-hitting show on the WWE Network to showcase more kind of MMA style fights or stuff like this, or is this a group coming? I mean, what were your thoughts when you first saw this? I, I, I had I, I had more questions than answers, honestly. Like you said, you know, um, not not like bad, like not like oh man, you know, what is this? This crap or nothing. I'm interested. I want to see where is this going. You know, is this like you said the new promotion or you know, like you said, is this a new more MMA style group that will be, you know just taking down everyone because of their, their legitimate backgrounds or something like that. You know, 
that's another thought process that went uh, went through the diamond mine. I, I really I like the name. I must say that uh, the logo. I, I don't necessarily know if it's a show since it, the way it premiered is like on NXT, and they would have you know they if it's a show they probably would have you know tease more of a, a, a date or only on the network or something like that. But you know I don't know. Maybe they just like you said easing us into it and just you know playing around. But even if it's not, even if it's just a group with that, I, I think that would work actually. I, it'd be nice to see. Uh, a, a woman and a couple guys, three guys maybe, uh, or maybe two women, two guys. However, we want to work it out. Who with legit MMA background? Maybe like even like uh, speaking of Roger Strong earlier, Marina Shafir. I know they have legitimate MMA backgrounds. I know they've been in developmental for a while. Her and and Jessamine Duke, but you know, I know we wanted them to uh, stick with Shayna Baszler. I know a lot of people did at first, but I can see that maybe. But I don't know. It depends on who they have. A lot of people in the performance center with. Back MMA backgrounds at this point, you know, it's not too many wrestlers who don't really blend the two at this moment, even on their current NXT roster, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I'm excited to see what it is, and uh, I I don't know, but yeah, I can't wait to you know f- let this flesh out and see what's coming. But uh, again, it's another interesting thing of we see that and we're not 100 sure what it is. It's not like you know. Uh, Frankie Monet or something like, oh, okay, we know definitely who this is. There is some a bit of guesswork, which adds intrigue, especially like yeah. we talked about, when you've been a fan for so long and it's something that you're not 100% sure of, then it does breed a little bit of excitement and it is a little bit different. I agree. That, that's what that's what it's all about, in my opinion. You know, you get that intrigue. You know, sometimes some of the worst things, some of the, my least favorite times in pro wrestling is when I feel like they could have surprised us, but they chose not to. You know, I hate I hate when sometimes wrestling companies, you know, ah, we we'll just show a graphic that they're here tonight instead of just letting it be a genuine surprise or whatever it is. So, you know, I like being teased. And, you know, the thing is about that, though, is, you know, when you tease, you, you got to deliver when it's time. So I can't wait to see what uh what's coming. Yeah, I would agree with that there. And then on to the main event, we get Legado del Fantasma versus MSK or MS Kushida. Uh, but nice to see the Mexican Avengers with the LDF entrance coming out. Uh, and then into the match, uh, we're on the outside. Escobar yanks Kushida down and slams him through the announce table. And at this point, I'm going, there's still a match going on. They don't normally do this, but Mendoza takes right. that cart with a still steps. Lee is all alone in the ring, trying to overcome the odds three on one. Uh, Carter has called his way back to the corner and got the tag rope. Lee makes a tag. Carter kicks for everyone. Kushida sells his arm and stumbled into the ring. Phantom drive from Esquire to Kushida. Carter gets double teamed for the pin, and that's it. Uh, what a face team this was, but LDF get the match, uh, get the win. And what a fucking match this was as well. Yeah, this match was really, really good. I, I enjoyed it, uh, you know, watching both teams come together and do what they do best. It made a lot of sense, you know, uh, Legato, you know, pointing out that they weren't the team pinned, and you know, so they have unfinished business. We know what Santos and Kushida had going. I agree. When the table spot happened, I really was like, okay, what is going on here? And then once the, you know, once it all came together, I was like, you know what, that was really well done. I really like, you know, uh, that because that does. And again, another thing that you see that doesn't happen often, you know, uh, you know, so anytime that happens is always cool and especially when it makes sense within the story. These, you know, MSK and Kushida are close. Kushida has helped them since they've come into the company. Uh, and, uh, 
you know, we all know what Legato is all about. So uh, with those guys and, and the way that all mix, uh, mixes together and the, the, the brutality that they showed, also they showed aggressive. It was like it was a great way of establishing, hold on, hold on. I may have lost my belt, especially from Santos. I may have lost the belt, but you know, we're still a force to be reckoned with. And we're coming for our gold again. So it was beautiful. And, and, and you know, I liked the story and the outcome. So it was cool. Yeah, another good episode of NXT. Up next on May 1st, we've got NXT referee Jake Wirtz. He's made headlines recently for his radical views and now posted a statement in response to that. Uh, Wirtz was uh, suspended by W earlier this year and has received emotions within the NXT system. Of course, he was the head referee for quite some time. Uh, my wife says some folks are apparently writing about our radical views. Human trafficking is modern day slavery and we seek to eradicate it. Abortion is murder and needs to be abolished. Children in my community that are being forced by local governments to wear a mask for eight hours a day against their parents' wishes is abuse. We have a God-ordained uh, duty to speak up for the least of these and the petition to prevent harm from children. He says um, with children wearing masks, uh, we'll be more susceptible to being molested any predators that are actually out there you should obey god rather than men i should tell drake verts as well that joey ryan is quoting the bible as well if you want to join him together for a little bit of a study (laughs) um now i I don't normally uh go into this uh you know because like i said people have got different views of different things but i think when this is just so abrasive when he thinks he can just make these comments and expect nothing to be done from it in this day and age, it, I kind of lose exactly. all respect for this guy, you know? I agree. And, you know, that's the thing. It was fun. He was one of the only refs who, in NXT, I knew their name, you know? Yeah. So, that's, that's like you said, he was a head referee. He was one of those those guys that you that I saw all the time. He's irregularly tan, in my opinion. Uh, well, I ain't going to say irregularly, but he's very, very tan. Very, very tan. Anyway, <laughs> besides that, though, uh, uh, yeah, he. I, I don't. His comments, I, like you said, the details of them. You know that a lot. Some people feel that way. A lot. I know. I. I, I don't. I can personally speak for myself. You know. Uh, I, I. I. He lost me. He really did lose me when he. When you try to use. You know. Of course, human trafficking is definitely serious, and it, it, I agree. You, it definitely is something to be taken seriously. But I don't see how wearing a mask honestly would make it any easier or harder than it is to walk off with a child you know what i mean in a situation anyway if you see what i'm trying to say like I, yeah I, like it happens like i've seen it, it literally is hard to tell if, so, if, a, if a child walks off willingly with an adult it can it, it happens with with or without the mask so the point with the mask is like what are you even talking about but anyway yeah um, well, I, but I, maybe I, maybe it's his problem because then he can't tell if uh you know yeah, if someone is attacked that's what I'm or not. saying. Like, you know, exactly. I just don't. Yeah, it, I agree 100%. Because if anything, like you said, maybe that would, you know, the obscuring a, a child's face could, you know, would help with age. You know, you can hide the youth of the child kind of without the size, of course. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'm not trying to get into the details of that. Yeah, but so, <laughs> yeah, because that, you can do that. We can do a whole show about that. But anyway, besides that, though, uh, you know, I, I can't believe this is what it is. It's the it's the the fact that I don't I don't think he re- he thought anything would happen because of it. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I that's what I don't really understand. I don't see how you could come out, say some of the things you said, especially the stuff about abortion, and don't think uh, you know, any ramifications at all. Whether the company distancing himself from you or not, any of that stuff. I don't see how you don't think that that's a possibility. 
No, it's just crazy. But I thought bring it up because people might be wondering where he is at this moment in time. And that is what he's doing. Uh, on to the May 4th episode, of course, the dubbing our anniversary was the same day as the episode of NXT live from the Capital Wrestling Centre. There's no time to waste. Here we go. It's Leon Russ versus Isaiah Swerve. Scott Falls count anywhere. Ruff ran right into a knee from the off. He caught uh, catching a suicide dive into a Death Valley driver on the apron by Swerve. Was incredible. We get the toolbox coming to play. The look on Ruff's face as well as he's getting worked on with the eyes kind of poking out of his head. It is unbelievable. And then the poison runner off the apron by Ruff to Swerve was just something else as well. I'm watching this, and I've been watching NXT, you know, for years. I'm going, these, everyone's pulling it out at the moment. You know, it's like that main event we just had with Kushida and MSK. And now I'm watching this one, I'm going, this is unbelievable as well. We see the toolbox, smack the leg of Swerve, set up a frog splash for a near full of his own. We get a series of spring pool cutters and he got the win for Ruff, but he wants to make the exclamation mark, climbing off the top of a nearby stage. That's when AJ France appeared to catch the young dog, setting up Swerve to plant Ruff with a JML driver for the win. Other members of Swerve Club celebrated with him up the ramp. I mean, this has been a very strong undercard story, um, which is, you know, kind of one of the bonuses for NXT moving from two hours for one hour, which maybe we've not talked a lot about. But this match was brilliant. The emotions was fantastic. And like we talk about Swerve's Hill character, Sean Frew again. Yes, he shined perfectly. And like I said, Ruff again is such a perfect, uh, you know, baby face because not only is he so resilient in his selling, like I said, he sells like a, oh man, he's just such a, he's so great. Like he did it with Gargano. You know, he's just such a great, good at selling and just putting over what his opponent is doing. And it makes the heel in that case look like a million bucks. And it does, and it helps that Swerve is so talented and he can do so many cool things himself. And then, like I said, you know, he it, it just they work well together. This match, the storyline culminated in, a, in the right fashion, in my opinion, based on, you know, everything they had been through. And I agree. This is something that you don't get a chance, uh, especially if you're like me and you was just watching the main roster for a long time. This is one of those things that I really like, especially like you, you point out with two hours of NXT. Now you get fleshed out rivalries all the time that have nothing to do with a championship. And I, and I liked it. I really do like that. And I think they benefit sometimes from having so much space in between these takeovers, because like you said, you get every now and then you get a takeover worthy match on an NXT. You have always have in lately. We've been having a lot of insane spots and, you know, things on NXT as if it was a, you know, some of these pay-per-views. So I, I, I really do love the way they put their shows together. And this is just another one of those, uh, you know, great matches, hard hitting physical matches. You look at some of those spots, I, you know, I, they better than me. That's what I'll say. <laughs> They're better than me. Well, it's just, it's just crazy shit, man. And it's like with Swerve now, you could put him in a North American title opportunity and you'd be like, yeah, he deserved it because look what he's been doing, you know, as it's been going along. Uh, so Agent Johnny Gargano lost in theory, attempt to interrupt a meeting held by Willie Regal, who are promptly rebuffed. Regal's in a meeting with Scarlett and doesn't want to be interrupted. But Fury likes her big fingernails. Uh, this is one of these things where I'm going, like, how can they get away with this? <laughs> but it's, again, it's that cleverness. It's like a nod, you know? Like, if you know, you know. It's, it's a clever way to get over the P, get around the PG. <laughs> very, to be very fair, good. 
to be fair, she has got a nice set of fingernails, doesn't she? Yeah. Not... <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I was wondering too if they were, if they were real. You know, I, I actually was just like dear. I wanted to make sure. You know, are they uh, acrylic? You know, not. You know, no. I, I I think I'm gonna have to be face to face with those fingernails to really work yeah, out. But I really get a close <laughs> look. Magnifying glass. You know, <laughs> get a good feel for it. Anyway, uh, on to the next match. Asher Hale. Versus Cameron Grimes, the NXT newcomer countered many of Grimes' signature moves, but had no answer. Once the technical savage took over, he hit the cave-in to the win. And hey, at least Cameron is getting TV time. If it's a backstage stuff or just a little match, he is one of the constants on NXT. And that's, that can only be a good thing at this moment in time. I agree. Anytime he's on television, it's good. It's, it's, it's compelling. I'm watching. doesn't matter. Like you said, what he's doing at this point, that's how you know. The character is there. The work is there. That's how you know someone is on top of their game. Where it doesn't matter what they're doing, he's on. Like he's he like I, we talked about Gargano. That's exactly where Cameron Grimes is right there. I know we've mentioned them both a lot today, and the way you know what I mean. But they're they're in that same category of just like when they're on the screen, I want to know what's going on. But the thing is, as well, is that you and I, you know, we know wrestling, people listen to this as well, make the most of them at this moment in time. We don't know how long this is going to last. You know, the way of really delivering, we're getting great segments of Grimes uh, and we just need to make the most because as soon as it's over, we're going to realise what we're missing out on. Uh, a bit depressing, but we know how quickly the world of wrestling works. And before yeah. you know it, they'll split up and it won't be, you know what I mean? It will never be the same again. Right. Um, but anyway, we move on and thank you for Mox, Casey, Cancer, and Caden Carter. Carter tries to go after her and cancer, cancer there, but holds her back. And Grimes is telling her backstage, and Everice comes up saying they want to join for a post-match celebration. He says, only one room for free in VIP, me, myself, and Cameron Grimes. <laughs> uh, brilliant. And then we move on to Grizzly Young Veterans versus Tomasa Champa and Timothy Thatcher. Gibson got a hot tag of his own before Drake sent Chumper over the announce table with a suicide dive. The Blackheart took advantage of the position and stole Way Barrett's shoe. Champer distracted the referee and Thatcher blasted Gibson with a footwear. He looked in the future armbar and forced in the submission. Uh, I guess Thatcher and Champer are fine for now. It's another great match, but the reaction of Way Barrett as well is just brilliant, you know? He's, like I said, his timing and like what he says, the way he says it, if, like the, the passion, the you know, he knows when to get excited. He knows when to, you know, like you said, be serious and uh, uh, and give great uh, critiques and give uh, insight from his experience. I really like how Vic, especially in title matches, how he looked, how, like he, the questions he asked, you know, Baird. And like, you know, as a champion, you know, how do you, you know, what was your mind state? And I love when they go into that because, you know, Baird would say something like, ah, you know, me, I was, I was always... Uh, confident, you know, the, the you know, my I, whenever I wanted to defend the title, I was, it was like a, a celebration for me, and it just I just love everything about it. It made me miss him too as a wrestler because I loved him then, you know, bad news and all of that. Even Nexus Baird was I liked, so yeah, it was uh, yeah, he's just he's really really done a great job, man. And I, I really whoever made the call for Baird to uh, you know, join NXT, man, they that was that was such a great job, good yeah. job. I, I mean, I miss. McGinnis, but he's doing a good job on NXT UK. Yeah. And it's Vic Joseph is, I think, my favourite out of all the kind of... Actually, no, fuck it. I'm going to give WWE some praise at the moment because they made a couple of changes. I was watching Raw the other day and I didn't mind Adam Burke uh, with Corey mm. Graves and, and Saxon. They're not bad. They were actually having a laugh during one of the matches and I thought, that's good. Pat McAfee and Michael Cole on yeah. SmackDown works out. And, of course, we've got Vic Joseph, who I think's the best... Um, 
for me, he's my favourite play-by-play guy at, mm-hmm. in time. And I think, like I said, with Beth Phoenix and Barrett, it's enough there with the three together, which makes it really, really work. So I've got to actually say credit to WWE with the commentary team at this moment, because we've been, you know, people have been pissed at the moment for a long time, but it's not in a bad shape at this moment in time. I agree. It's definitely uh, in, at a better level than it was. I remember, you know, I remember those late Jerry the King Lawler days. Yes, you're a legend king, but... You know, those late those late years, you know, they, it wasn't the best stuff. I know a lot of people don't like JBL. I didn't too much mind JBL most of the time, but a lot of people didn't like him. You know, so, it's, yeah, they've run through a lot of, of guys. You know, the Mauro Ronello experience, of course, and all of that. You know, he was great, honestly. You know, definitely. Mamma mia! Yeah, he was really, really <laughs> yeah. good. Really, really good, especially in NXT. He fit really well with that style. But, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think right now this is the best their commentary has been in a long time. Yeah, I really do. Uh, back to the match quickly with Grizzly Young Vets versus Chumper and Thatcher. Chumper looks in phenomenal shape. Fair play to him. Um, Grizzly Young Vets deserve the gold at some point. I know they will get the gold, uh, hopefully at some point, but they definitely do deserve it. And I look at Gibson, and I just think he's going to be a big single star as well. I don't know how far he's going to go, but that kind of the promo skills he's got, he's a really good worker as well. And I can see him um, having uh, really, really good success. No offence to James Drake, but, you know, it yeah. is what it is, I suppose. Uh, we move on. Oh, oh, you, know, you know how it is in tag teams, though. It's always that way. It's that guy who, you know, you look at him and it's like, yeah, that's superstar material right there. You know, I can name three of them. If you want to go to MSK, Wesley, in my yeah. opinion. Even though I, I don't mind, I can't even think of his name right now. Nash Carter. Nash Carter. I don't mind Nash Carter. He's, you know, really good. He's, but obviously, Wes Lee is like, oh, you know, maybe height will hold him back in WWE. But if you just let, give him a chance, especially in NXT, I think he has potential. And, and I think you, you make a great point. You know, he, Gibson really, really looks like, uh, you know, like you said, the promo style, the look. I, the, I love the facial expressions, man. He, he looks genuinely, he looks legitimately disgusted to be around the, the baby faces when he says, you know, uh, when he's in in character and giving his promo. Like, I, I love it. And I agree. I think he has a really bright future. Uh, we see Gagano Fury try and fail again to get a meeting in Regal's office, but he's not even in. Regal instructs them knocking on his door. Gagano tries to talk his way out of the match response. Reed Regal says no. To make matters worse, he tells Fury that he's got a match with Karen Cross next week. When we come back from a break, we see Scott and Zantaraja celebrating backstage when we returned. He and his crew leave the building to celebrate, presumably same VIP lounge as Grimes. Not sure. That leads to a video package putting over Sarai and uh, Zayda Ramir. They fight tonight. Uh, Cross and Scarlett took the ring. And the champion made it clear we'd face any challenger. Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne made their case. Finn Balor returned to say he would be next and hit the NXT champ. A brawl ensured and Cross took them all out. And a security car got in his way. Garner and Fury attacked the champion, laid him out with a series of super kicks. They ran out the arena before the main event. Uh, now, the thing is, is I put, why get Johnny Wrestling involved in this? Now, my worry is that they're going to put Gagano just to be sacrificed to Cross. But as you were mentioning earlier... You know, you could take the North American title off Johnny, have the Johnny Takeover character and go, right, let's see what Johnny Takeover could do against Cross. But when Cross can just destroy all the challenges there, it doesn't really build a lot of confidence, does it? Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, the way they made him survive, it just it made me put it in perspective. So it make like you said, do what do it Triple H or what do the guy, you know, who's making the decision? What do they think about the rest of their roster uh, by comparison? 
uh, to cross. I'm I'm very very interested in the in the Dunn cross dynamic. I I, I really would just because Dunn's toughness, the way his his style, you know, straight up mutilate mutilation works. <laughs> You know, just targeting <laughs> the body part. I think you know that can his style can work against Cross because it's such a brutal style. I just don't necessarily see him beating them, especially this soon. So, you know, I agree. It definitely puts puts a little worry in your mind. Like, okay, I don't know uh, exactly uh, who can beat them, but yeah, I, I actually I agree with you about the Gargano point. You know, I I still I think that he has a. Uh, a shot. I, I'm worried also that he will just get thrown to him, yeah. Like at fodder. I, I really don't want any of anybody to just lose to him for nothing. But you know, we'll see what happens, especially after the Balor uh, matchup. So uh, I, I can't wait to see what goes on. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not looking too optimistic for the rest of the current NXT roster when it comes to beating him. <laughs> no, but also another thing as well, it's not like, yeah, he's a dominant champion, but why was he dressed as like a snooker pool player coming out in a waistcoat? I'll okay, go, has he got a top competition after this? We don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, especially from a guy like his character, though. I would just tell him, is but... all about just killing everyone, right? So it's like, <laughs> when you see him dressed like that, like, oh, okay, he has a sense of style, I guess. <laughs> oh, he's working at a local cinema later. All right, that's no, fine. Um, I just, whatever, you know, whatever. And Gagano Theory are fleeing the building, even though Indy Hartwell and Candice Ray haven't won tag team title match. Gagano claims they're going to get the party ready and they can't drive away fast enough. Um, <laughs> which, again, is, is brilliant. And then we get Zayda Ramirez versus Sarai. Um, which was, again, another good match. Uh, clearly, Ramirez's win gave her confidence as she blasted the Warrior Sun early. The punching and kicks made some input, but arrival was just too much. She planted Ramirez with a released German suplex, followed by a Cito suplex to take the win. Another good match. Impressed by both. Sarai is, of course, more polished uh, than uh, Zayda. But what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's exactly what, just what you just said is really what I, I saw. I saw that Sarai seemed to be more ready for the spotlight, but I think both women did a great job putting their best foot forward, especially since they're both new and, uh, you know, especially new to our uh, television screen. So, you know, uh, I think they did a really good job. I must say, though, that drop kick, I think it was, I don't know, it was a couple of them in the apron or in the ropes. Sick. I love it. Love those running drop kicks. And, uh, you know, so I, I can't wait to see what more Saray gets up to, you know, as as time goes on. And just look at that, you know, with the Zoe start, Saray, you know, Saray and, you know, the the other say her name again? I got I need the name. The, um, who Saray just fought? Zayda Ramirez. Ramirez. That's that's what I was trying to get out. I, I was about to call her <laughs> Marina Shafir. He rhymes, okay? It's bars. I I, I used to rap. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 I, I I feel the same way about Humberto Carrillo and um, Alberto Del Rio. Why they put the yeah. name so similar. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've done that before myself. So anyway, don't don't feel bad. But <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, but to point that out, like that, that new tier of like, you know, the, the women's division seems to be not only in good hands in the future with the main roster with Bianca Rhea, you know, and, you know, Raquel on top of NXT, but just the new crop and how ready they are for the spotlight. It just shows you just how far ahead, in my opinion, the women's division in NXT is. That is an excellent 
point we then see another uh, package video package for diamond mine and then we see Volta is speaking to Imperium via Zoom conference call. It's understand, understand what he's saying, but it's clear he's very disappointed. Uh, we can see Wolf getting a few glances as well. Um, we see Zavai go backstage to thank Zayda Ramir for a good match. Meanwhile, Tony Storm and Zoe Stark are getting into each other's faces until two referees come to break them apart. Stark goes to check on Ramir. Three so gives her respect too. Uh, then we get Jake Atlas versus L. A Knight, and of course L.A. Knight mocked Jake Atlas on his way to the ring and pay for it. Knight escaped the corner where he managed to send Atlas headfirst into a turnbuckle, and they turned the match around, allowing Knight to win with a cutter. Uh, this was okay, but what do they do? Is it a North American title run for him, or NXT title run? I mean, he just doesn't fit NXT at this moment in time, does he? I agree. He's like such a throwback, and like, uh, he's like a totally, he fits you know what? You know where he actually fits? He fits well for the main roster in his current <laughs> incarnation. The style in which he has, because he has more character, more entertainment value than he has pretty much, you know, in the ring, at least from what they're letting him show so far, even though I do think he, he he's flashed potential of brilliant, brilliance in the ring. So I, I agree. I don't know. I was thinking that maybe, maybe a good heel title run with the North American title, but I don't think it's anytime soon. Gargano got that wrapped up and we need, I think, a, ba- a good babyface will benefit from from crowd, from, you know, from uh, taking the belt off Gargano. But you know, maybe we can get a, a good classic double turn some way, uh, you know, for Gargano. Who knows? But uh, it's a lot of possibilities in the North American division, so uh, championship division. So I would go there first. There's no way in hell he's taking the belt from Cross. So you know, unless you get a tag team partner or something for him, and they, he goes to the tag division. I think the North American title fits right in right now. At least though, that's probably the only place he could fit, like you said. And even then, he doesn't fit well by comparison to guys like Swerve and, you know, even Rough right now. <laughs> they just seem a bit dirtier, you know what I mean? A bit, uh, not in a kind of, but it's just a bit more, you know, I can imagine getting into a fight with, with like, you know, with, with L.A. Knight, a slugfest. I think it would just... It wouldn't work for him, you know, but um, right. it's interesting. Like I said, you and I would definitely, and I think most people back um, the the way's face turn, if that was to ever happen, you know, oh, like, yes. I mean, as soon as I can, the post from America is cheaper, I'll be getting a, a way top of, you know, merchandise, of course. <laughs> and speaking of which, Indy Hartwell and Candice Ray are in the locker room. Ray, she's going to become champions tonight. She says, Hartwell, not to think about stupid boys and stay focused on the fact that they have a title match. Dexter is shown hiding and watching in the background, which again, <laughs> little small details, uh, which I didn't know. Second time I noticed it, and I was going, fucking hell, there's Dexter in the back there. Uh, but we see Tony Storm before that declares, oh, we start the flavour of the month and says, you don't deserve to be breathing the same damn oxygen as me. Wow. Which, what? Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, bit of a bitch. That's soon everybody's going to forget about. Sorry, I brought you into the business. And whenever I'm ready, so help me God, I will take you back out of it. We'll then see the Gala Del Fantasma make clear challenges to the NXT Cruiserweight title holder and NXT Tag Team Champions. Kushida interrupts, uh, set a date of their match next week. Um, and then Beth Phoenix interviewed Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez. Martinez called Gonzalez cookie cutter, moulded after the blueprint she created. Gonzalez called her challenger failure, who set the bar low. Martinez promised to end the champion week this was okay but for me martinez's face was a different color to her body now i know we've got makeup and everything's fine but for me it was just a little bit off-putting yeah it's, it's noticeable you know it, that's the thing you know you don't want 
that's the thing, you know, the best type of, you know, situation to know when that, when that, those things arise is when you don't notice those things. And yeah, it was too noticeable. I, I definitely saw it. It was kind of distracting, but I do think overall they got the messages across their messages across. I do not mind Mercedes pointing out a really good point that she laid the mold, not even just for Raquel, but like women's wrestling. She's been doing this for so for a long time. Like she is one of the original, you know, take you know taking women's wrestling seriously, you know, for a long time. That's what Mercedes Martinez has been doing, and she's been a great representative of that. Uh, so I, I like her mentioning that, and I love Raquel's confidence, you know, in the promo. So I think for what they were saying, it was fine, but definitely uh, distracting uh, was the, the the I don't know if that was a makeup issue or camera uh, lighting. I don't know, you know. Um, or, or, or if she has got a different. Um... Like I said, if her face is a different colour to her body, I do apologise for all those people that stuff. Uh, <laughs> right, oh my God, from, from, I feel so bad. <laughs> I emails, I've never <laughs> noticed it before. Right, I've never <laughs> noticed it before, if it is the case, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> did, did like not mean to disrespect you. To like your, your medical condition, I do apologise. Exactly, I did not want to disrespect you. <laughs> Um, well, we get Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart heading to the ring for our main event, but first they play with Frankie Monet's puppies. Puppy, which apparently pooped in Shotzi's tank. Uh. And then we see Cameron Grimes can't get into the VIP at the club because the whole club has been rented by one man. <laughs> you can already guess who that is. It's the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. He said, learn a lesson, kid. Don't rent a room where you can buy the whole place. Grimes screams. Um, this is just awesome, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect, man. You know, I, I did. I did say this, though, in my, in my mind. I was like, you know. He's been the million dollar man since the eighties. When is he gonna become the billion dollar or the trillion dollar man? And I, then I seen him buy, you know, a club, and I was like, oh, that's why investors. Well, so like he spent <laughs> spend that money yeah. to make it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he's been he's been pushing them out for a long time. And the main event: Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, the champs versus Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell. Of course, it's a street fight. Uh, what they were wearing, we see. Ember Moon as Jason, of course, Shotzi Blackheart as Freddy uh, making their way to the ring. That's Freddy Krueger, not Freddy Mercury, for anybody just listening. Uh, before the introductions, the Poison Pixie attacked the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, gained an early lead. They smashed um, Hartwell to a trash can and smashed the array between two trash can lids. This was great stuff. Hartwell booted the wall, getting us over the barricade. That set up a quartet of steel chairs. It looked like Hartwell was going to go into him, but only went face first. <laughs> Um, luckily, an elevated suicide dive by Blackheart. LeVay interfered with a fire extinguisher. Whippins fell the ring and was found an area. Blackheart hit the dive and sent on to Ray through a ladder and shipped me at Shotzi again, you know? Like, why did... Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> Here we go again. Every it's just time. my heart, my heart, my mouth. Every time Shotzi, you go, she's going to do... Didn't he go in? Oh, for fuck's sake, like. Yep. And you know what? The thing is about that, I was thankful that Candice LeRae interrupted the suicide dive. I'm like, they're going over the barricade. <laughs> if she does it, because I know how, you know, how, like, she torpedoes herself on those dives. So, you know, I knew that, I was like, thank you, Candice. But then, you know, Candice had to pay for it by going through the ladder. So, yeah. Uh, Candice, by the way, also, her bump card, wow, she's a tough, I always say that, so tough. Well, so, I, we watched, uh, what was it, EO versus Candice in the ladder match yeah. where they were just killing each other as well. And you're thinking, Candice doing it. So, you know, we see Moon Ricochet Hartwell off a corner table with an Alabama slam. 
Hartwell somehow set up Blackheart on the ladder and the Poison Pixie hit a springboard, springboard moonsault. I mean, Christ almighty, you know, like, and no she needs to take out Hartwell. Blackheart hit a splash of the still support beam through the announce table. I mean, Jesus save her. Come on now. Like, you don't need... <laughs> and, and then you watch it and somehow Hartwell recovered enough to hit a diving elbow to the outside through a table. Like, table. Stop <laughs> the damn match. Stop, right. stop the match. Um, the Poison Pixie used Winnie Riggles brass knuckles that Johnny Garner likely stole from his office on Blackheart, followed by hitting a wicked stepsister on a chair to win the winners of the match and new NXT Women Tag Team Champions. It is the way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, my initial thoughts is I don't think these belts have been three been around three months and we have three different champions now. Uh, so, you know, that's a nice, nice little touch. But uh, anyway... Uh, I think they this this match is like you said absolutely insane. Some of these spots, uh, I I when you were running through them, I just recall like every every single one of them. And just remember just looking at it like these they they don't they they just had who who when they're planning these spots, you know, is there anyone now to just be like yeah, you don't have to really do that because <laughs> <laughs> there's some you know certain spots where I'm like you know they didn't you didn't have to even do that, but. I get it. They went for it all, you know. If you're gonna, and if I, I think this is shots at Blackheart's uh, mo anyway. If you got, if I have a title match, if I have a big match in general, I'm gonna, you know, go all the way out. If I end up, you know, injured, so be it. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, like she is balls to the wall. That character, that's why her character works. Like her wrestling style, all of it goes is right. That's a perfect package, right there with shots at Blackheart. But anyway, back to the way, like I think they earned like that with like you said what we've been talking about these past few weeks just the character work and the interest that uh that that's been garnering for uh you know not only just the index stuff but just all of the things not only the comedy but like i said the smart they, they're, they're, they're smart they're not even though theory is you know pretty much dumb but the rest of them are you know they think through especially lorraine gargano and i love that they're like the parents over there the two younger <laughs> uh you know Especially, like, Candice LeRae is definitely in that mom role when it comes to Indy, <laughs> Indy Hartwell, you know. But anyway, they work so well together in the smarts to, to use the brass knuckles. And just, I, I really liked it. And I think this was their reward for how much work that they've put into uh, being invested in these characters. Each and each and all of them. Like, you know, even, you know, the, the, the girls have been heavily invested in their character. And also with Theory and Gargano. His theory's involvement with the world champion, you know, that's a big deal. You know, the fact that you even get a, a match with the world champion is is a big deal. You know, so uh, they just sh- they're they're finally rewarding, in my opinion, you know, the way for what for all of this great character work and in ring work that they've been doing over the last year or so. Well, I just imagine like the road agent of this match, or every time with Shotzi, and he's like, "Hey, Shotzi, why don't you jump off that?" You know, it's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. I mean, just have this on the main roster instead of this Jack Spazler shit that we've been having with Reginald <laughs> recently, you know? It's incredible stuff. Britt Baker ain't got nothing on these women, and I'll fucking fight. I'll fight the very <laughs> end for this. This was takeover level, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's great NXT, and I'll tell you what, NXT's got even better since moving nights. And, and weirdly enough, maybe the opposite for AEW, because the Tuesday shows have been hitting them out of the park, and what I've been seeing of AEW recently... They've not maybe been at that level that they had been when they had that head-to-head competition. 
I agree. It's been it's been kind of stagnant lately. It's, I don't know what's been going on uh, the last few months or so uh, with AEW, but yeah, it's definitely uh, dying dying down, or at least what they're doing. You know, uh, I don't know if it's just the, the current storylines or whatever is going on, but yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, I don't know. I I know a lot of people are ratings people, and this is one this this is one of those reasons why I'm not really a ratings person because the ratings don't always show quality so even though i think aw uh, you know have more viewers they don't they haven't been putting on better shows because nxt has been having complete shows with it whether it's their women's roster the world title we've mentioned the undercard with rough and swerve like but yeah the women's division nxt no one i don't the main roster aw no one is even close right now well and the thing is well and we moan uh, we know we mentioned as well moans go all the tag team titles have not been defended at takeover for a very long time. The tag team division needs a bit of work. And then MSK show up and go, oh, hi, guys. Let's fucking do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You go, oh, shit. If they sort that out, then, you know, what, what's what's the problem at the moment in NXT? And there's kind of not. Uh, and, of course, if you're, anybody's anxious about when the next NXT takeover event is, we won't have to make, wait much longer. Uh, of course, the black and gold brands, next big event is scheduled for Sunday, June 13th. It's going to be in your house will return. Uh, now, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll ask you if you want. Of course, we'll be doing the takeover, but I think maybe the next NXT up, update we do, if we do that that weekend, and then we can be bang up to date with everything. Sounds good. I think, I think that'll be a great plan. Uh, in your house last year was really entertaining stuff, so I can't wait to see you know, what type of nods to the to the uh, in-your-house history that we all know from WWE, if, you, if you're old enough to remember those in-your-house days. Uh, uh, you know, I do. Yeah, I remember. That ages me. <laughs> Think about how much that aged you in itself. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, wow, you're that old. You remember it. It's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I remember when the WrestleManias were like single digits, like yeah. <laughs> JR and the Toga. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me about bad wrestling WrestleMania events, you know. Uh, but like I said, so that would be great. We can catch up with NXT uh, because we obviously have a couple of shows to do, and then the Takeover event uh, a few days later. But let's finish NXT update for today because we've got one last episode. It's All the right. 11th of May. We get a great promo video to start about everything that has been going on. Uh, we are live from the Capital Wrestling Center. It's showtime. Like I said, the opening video package is Kushida and Santos. And of course, going two out of three falls. And that Raquel Gonzalez will defend against Mercedes Martinez. We also get a warning from Karrion Cross. Austin Fury's time is up and his time is now because that's what we start off with carrying cross and austin theory and i think austin theory lost his confidence the moment that cross made his entrance <laughs> all the way man good to was stuck away for getting the NXT champion a parasitic suplex put an end to any resistance theory could muster cross followed up with a cross jacket full of victory uh looking straight at johnny gagano and then afterwards finn Balor appeared next to the NXT champion told him he did not have to wait in line and the two agreed they would fight soon <laughs> what were your thoughts in the opening segment you mentioned it, and I swear, I just, I absolutely, were, I was on the floor almost. Because him and Johnny, and then Johnny, after Theory's reaction to the entrance of the of the champion, after as Theory did not want to get in the ring, Johnny pushes him in the ring, and like, oh, yeah, you got this, and then he starts pointing at Cross. You ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it's hilarious, because, you know, 
Gargano. <laughs> like, again, again, it's the little things. I don't understand. I don't like I said, I can tell that they just letting Gargano be as creatively free as possible. They just do what you do, Gargano. And because man, what great timing and just everything he does and everything they do has just been uh, entertaining, just so entertaining, so entertaining. But yeah, the match itself, you know, it, it was, I wasn't expecting much, you know, like much more of it than a squad. There was no way Theory was going to win, you know, uh, but I, like, again, the character work there, it was one of those squash matches that I enjoyed just based off, like you said, some of the stuff that Gargano would say, the faces that Theory was making. And the as far as Finn Balor and Cross's rematch uh, goes, I'm excited to see what happens, even though I, I'm, you know, the thing is about these direct rematches sometimes, depending on when this is, when this happens, uh, you know, they kind of all, you always kind of lean towards the champion retaining. But I do think that uh, I want to see what changes in Finn Balor's approach because that their, their, their first match was all about the emotions and trying to aggravate, uh, you know, Cross and make him, you know, lose, lose the match that way. I want to know how does the strategy change? And, uh, and I think that's the thing that's the most intriguing thing about what's coming between Cross and Bell. Yeah, and I think what's interesting as well, even though they announced the takeover, that this match was going to be on regular NXT, which makes you think maybe both of these are going to have different directions for a takeover. I mean, my bet would be right now that Cross would probably defend the title against O'Reilly, depending if Adam Cole comes back before or maybe even cost him a match at the pay-per-view. Yeah. And I would love Pete Dunne to get a victory over Balor, where it will be on NXT. Oh, a take, I think at TakeOver, we talked about Johnny Gagano. I mean, Balor's record at TakeOver, I think he's lost once. So yeah. a victory for Pete Dunne there would basically make him next in line for the NXT title afterwards as well, you know? I, I think that's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful way. I would love it to play out that way because Dunne and Balor's feud was so great. And I think uh, another way for, or not, not that Balor needs to leave, but, you know, after putting over Cross, Dunn can really use that push also. You know, now, you know, Balor has, has had a great dominant reign. Now I think you can use, like you said, that takeover prestige that he had to build new stars, you know, at least while he's still down here. And I think that was probably pretty much the overall goal anyway when Balor uh, came from the main roster. Yeah, I think we're out of And then we see Winnie Regal interrupted by Leon Ruff. He tells Ruff he's not letting him compete tonight. Ruff said he had the medical team clear him. Regal said that's fine, but he's not competing tonight. Ruff starts screaming at Regal and throws like a glass. And he goes, that's not enough. And then throws like a pencil. And he goes, that's not enough. And then throws like a whole bunch. Uh, but to be fair, no, I really liked it. The veins of Regal's necks are practically bulging as he says no and get out. And we move on. This is nice because it's the fire from Ruff that we've talked about. And it, you know, level for him, a different side that we're seeing. I love, yeah, I love that new side. I love William Regal, you know, sticking to his guns. The the funniest thing to me is that, like you said, Ruff does all that and be like, what what do I have to do? And the first thing that goes to my mind is like, man, Regal, please tell him to just pick up that stuff he just threw out. <laughs> <laughs> so you can start, I would have told him, you, you can start with picking up my stuff. Bloody Leo. tied up my <laughs> shit, mate, and then you can fucking yeah. get him back, you know, like. Right. Um, <laughs> well, up right. next we get. Sorry, go. On. Oh yeah, I was about to say, but the thing I like the most about this is where it goes next. So you can go ahead and go to it because where where it ends up is beautiful storytelling. Without a doubt. Well, our next match is MSK versus Bree Zango. Uh, Non-title match, of course. Breeze blinds uh, tags in the two collide. Referee leapfrogs out of the way of the melee. <laughs> We get a replay of the commercial break, and AEW fans had a meltdown on Twitter about this. 
I, I really like this. I mean, I love way, it. I love way, you know, Wade Barrett is unhappy with Darrell Sharma, uh, <laughs> hogging the spotlight, but I thought this was really, really nice. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was beautiful, man. It was it was well it was well timed. The the thing I love the most about it, not only is everyone all the wrestlers reaction, they're just like, What? What's going on? But you know, his his little his little bounce after he's yeah, up, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah. at me. Like, it's like he said, Come on, let's go. <laughs> he did, he did the it. Nakamura, like, come on. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. That, and again, some of those unexpected things. That you rarely see in a wrestling match. Do I know that some refs, most a lot of refs, you know, had time in the ring before or were aspiring wrestlers? Yeah, but not too many of them still, you know, will pull out a leapfrog in the middle of a match. You yeah, know, are so. still athletic enough to do that. So it was just such a nice touch. Really, really good. Did we get that dual super kicks and then Cart responded with a moonshot outside to Breeze Anger? That dive was enough to leave Breeze alone with MSK, who are in transmission to pick up another big win. And afterwards, the two teams shook hands. MSK and May clearly want to face Legado. They are Fantasma. Uh, really good uh, tag teams. Um, like we talked about Breeze Ango uh, and MSK as well. They bring something that's been missing from NXT. But we talked about, you know, different partners. But does it does it help Nash um, that um, we t- Wesley is just so damn rich? I mean, yeah, Wesley's smaller, but he's in fantastic shape. And it makes Nash look a bit like a slob. You know? it, it does. I agree. I, man, you know, and it's crazy because I'm not really uh, like I don't really focus on the body, like a body guy thing. I'm not like you don't have to be a crazy body guy. Like we, we established that earlier to get over or to be uh, compelling. But I, when you're in a tag team like that, and like we said, and he looked the contrast is so noticeable yeah and then he's he also gets like the best hot tag spot like everything about wesley is better than this yeah, no, no offense now your partner is just better in every way in every way possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, see that's why i didn't say no offense because i don't know how you can make that not offense <laughs> you, you, what should i work on everything right? <laughs> everything and then come back and see what happens but um, anyway, we move on and we see Johnny Gagano saying William Regal hates him. He says, I don't hate you. Uh, I like you. You're the North American champ and the market department made your own headband. And you're still facing Bronson Reed next week. Good luck. Uh, Johnny Gagano <laughs> angrily snaps a pencil and leaves as we see a disgruntled Pete Don making his way back. But Gagano sells that so well. We talked about it. We put the way over so much. But just a little snap of a pencil is just so funny. Yeah. Please don't uh, listen to the show if you hate Gargano. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'll fucking stop talking about him. But we can't help it. It's just, you know, three hours of Raw will be brightened up so much with a couple of the way seconds. Any show would be brightened up with the way there. Um, I agree. We get commentators confirmed takeover in your house with Todd Pettingill hosting. Fucking <laughs> get in there. And then Pete Dunn called Cameron Cross a coward for choosing the easy route against Finn Balor. Set an open challenge to anyone who dared to fight him. Ruff attacked the bruise weight from behind, starting the match for Regal could stop it. I bet Regal was pissed back. Style. Oh, Ruff, <laughs> I've told you. And oh, then he, yeah. I bet he's also going, what are the chances that Dunn had an open challenge here tonight? Like, what are the chances that <laughs> right. happened? Uh, but, of course, Ruff came out firing, but, you know, it wasn't 100%. Uh, Dunn brutalised young performer, locked him in a triangle choke, forced the referee to call for the match. He then broke the fingers of Ruff afterwards to further amplify how dangerous he is. Dunn is brilliant. 
Um, but I don't know how far they go from him. Pete might want to think about putting his hair up during the matchup because along the times, I know this is a podcast, but he was doing this. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> with the submissions and all this kind of, it's just like, um, I can't buy into your toughness if you're having trouble <laughs> controlling your yeah. hair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yo, that's what that's something I don't even. I didn't even think about that. The things you notice, the things you notice. Yeah, but that's a what an interesting point. You will not hear stuff like that. That's like the only thing they don't really match. It's like flowing hair, flowing blonde hair, while you're breaking people's hands and you know choking this poor. wrestler out but yo Leo I love that the 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 continuation of the story of William Regal trying to protect Ruff from himself you know uh uh, you know I I really like that I like I I thought that would just be a backstage segment and you know we would not see Ruff the rest of the night so it was another one of those things again if you don't like surprises don't don't listen to this show (laughs) it was another thing again That surprised me, you know. I love that they continue to, you know, to illustrate the story that, you know, sometimes, you know, the the management has to save the wrestlers from themselves, and it was just cool. It was a cool uh, moment, and of course, it was Pete Dunne. And I knew as soon as he attacked Pete Dunne, I'm like, if if you're not 100 percent of all people, you're not attacking him. He literally looked. He's I don't know if he got like some type. He may get turned on by breaking people's hands. Okay, he loves it. He got it's a big pleasure in. He's sadistic, and that's who you choose to jump when you're injured. So it's, a, yeah. it's the equivalent of um, you know Zoe Stark joining the the roster and decided to get changed in Dexter Loomis's dressing room. You know, it's <laughs> right. You don't do that. That's just that's a bad idea. Bad idea. Respect. You know what he's like. Uh, um, well, anyway, we get Legado del Fantasma backstage, promising a new champion tonight. Esquire says the only reason we're still champion is because I allowed it. And then uh, Gonzalez works out backstage as the kind of cheers are on. And then we find out two weeks from uh, the tonight, Cross and Balor will have their title match. So it won't be waiting for takeover. And of course, Frankie Monet will make her well debut on the 25th. I know she might have already debuted in NXT, but this is her debut debut properly. And of course, we'll bring that to you on our next NXT update as well. So that should be a big show. And then we've got Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez next for the NXT Women's title. Uh, we got to turn down the lights and the queue announcers for the world title match introduction. The champion, though, had to fight from underneath when she landed a stiff rebound clothesline. Gonzalez badly hurt Martinez with a powerbomb that sent it to the floor. The title holder slammed into the barricade and still post to need to take the win. However, Martinez held firm versus a single-arm powerbomb, hitting the Fishman Buster for a near fall. Martinez hit a low knee, but when she went for the running finish, she was met by a big boot and a single arm powerbomb for the victory. Yes, there was a couple of missteps, but don't forget it's about developing talent. I think we forget how long Gonzalez has been doing this for, but this was a solid match. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? And has WWE got too many dominant champions at this moment in time? You know, that's a fair point. You know, I didn't even really think about that, you know, with the dominance of, uh, you know, uh, cross now, you know, looking unstoppable as champ. You know, even if you want to go back as far as like what Lashley has been doing as WWE champion for a few months now, and uh, Roman you know. Reigns as well, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, Roman Reigns. So yeah, that's actually man, that is an actual trend. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Wow. 
That's foul, though. That's a, I, good point, man. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Yo, but uh, to me, in all seriousness, though, that I don't know if there's a thing, such thing as too much. It is a point. It is a point to where if they're all dominant, you know, like oh well, we, we don't. Who the hell? No one. Again, we talked about it. Killer Cross. I don't know anyone on the roster who look like they can beat him right now. I, the same thing can be said about all these other champions at the moment. You know, so you got to give it time, especially in the women's division. It's a lot of talent there, you know, with the right, you know, energy and time. I can see some other ladies because that division is so stacked. I can see ladies challenging her down the line. Who would beat her? The same thing I said about Cross. I'm not sure. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe they have too many at the moment. But, you know, uh, you know, th- things these things can change on the dime. You know, Santos was dominant for a while, and we got Kushida in there now. So, you know, maybe – you know that that is coming, but I agree that that seems to be a trend that I never even really thought about. Until you just pointed that out. Well, there we go. We learn something every day. I suppose learn that's... something, right? <laughs> uh, we see security throwing Gagano Fury out of the building. The camera zoom into Bronson Reed laying on the floor, and he stumbles to his feet, saying, "Gagano is a dead man." Before we can go any further with that, is our sort of Scott grabs a mic and says it's about to get spooky in NXT's entire entourage join him at the top of the entrance ramp to strike a pose as your music plays and all four saunter their way back to the ring in colour coordinate red and black outfits matching Scott's hairstyle yeah, he introduces the new stable Hit Row and promised that NXT was not too re- uh, not ready for this group Top Dollar Ashante the Adonis and B-Fab stood firm along Swerve in the ring ready to take over everything they can in NXT uh, what are your thoughts of this? Oh man, I ain't gonna lie. I, I really like I really like this. You know, uh, I was wondering if the you know since they kept reoccurring in the background of his promo, I was wondering if they would ever make an appearance. You know, all together because I knew they were talent because they looked familiar as uh you know they used to be some of those pandemic fans. <laughs> you know, I, know, I definitely saw B Fab as a pandemic fan. <laughs> Uh, you know. yeah. Hey, hey, boy! Are you a pandemic fan? <laughs> so yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, Bob. <laughs> I noticed that they were telling, and so I was like, I wonder, you know, what, you know, are they cooking up something? So it was nice to see uh, what they come. Out. I like the kind of like nod to uh, you know Death Row Records, kind of in the name, because it's kind of like a record label thing, rap kind of gimmick, along with. You know, uh, them, they're saying they're dropping hits, and they, they mean that in more ways than one. I like it. Very creative. I, I want to know what they're going to do with it next, like you said. In a, in a, on a show with a, uh, with so much going on, and you have a group like The Way that's been dominating, it's nice to get, like, a contrast. And then, again, we just talked about it earlier uh, with the faction that they teased, that, or a possible faction that they could be teasing. You know, and then you have, uh, I, I think, T and Shaw, if you want to consider that a faction. So it's a lot of uh, things uh, going on right now, NXT to be excited about. So I, I love this new element to Swerve character. Like I said, like we said earlier, he's he's been elevating his game, and I think leading a faction. Oh, again, like I said, we big things are coming for him, and it's, it's, it's evident with stuff like this because once you're the leader of a faction, most of the time they just let you know that it's it's you know they're strapping the rocket onto you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, like I said, Swerve could go to the very top with this. I was very, very impressed with the presentation and just the kind of, he's got that confidence, he's got that star feel about him that just right. makes me feel like, you know, I've got confidence in him and we've seen what he can do work-wise and it's just sometimes in NXT as well, it's finding that character, finding that position 
And I think with Burt's Swerve, like I said, it, it's really, really good stuff. Um, we then move on and we see at an auction, Cameron Grimes shows up and says, you can't have one without him being there. Grimes complains that Yorkshire is talking too fast because he's going, hey, and the man out being him with his face hidden behind a paddle. And we don't know who it is, but then oh. we finally reveals his face and it's Ted DiBiase <laughs> and he's outbid him because he's going one million, two million, three million, and then twenty million dollars for the house. <laughs> they go, that ain't even worth twenty million. And DiBiase, he says, you're ruining my life. Do me, let's go. And DiBiase said, if I said it once, I've said it twice. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man, and my friend, you are no million dollar man Grimes screams an egg I fucking love this you know <laughs> yes it's just it's just better and better I don't know how many ways that he can show Grimes that he's richer than him but you know I feel like they're just coming up with they got like a long list like I want to know like how long can they keep this up how many ways can Ted DiBiase remind Cameron Grimes that he's richer than him <laughs> Honestly, like I said, this is just gold. And there's an old, there's an old school feel to it. And I know not like the old million dollar vignettes when he first debuted, but there is a kind of style to that where right. you're kind of reintroducing the character. And I think, like I said, it, the, the best thing about NXT that I can say for the, even like the five weeks of watching it is that there's there's questions there, we've got answers, but I'm interested to see where it goes. And I'm invested in it as well, if you know what I mean, like. All these little storylines about certain things. I, I want to see where each one goes and progresses. Even something like Zoe Stark and Tony Storm compared to, you know, like the main title pictures as well. I agree 100%. You know, outside of like, you know, uh, again, I can't I can't say this without offending. Outside of the Ever-Rise and the, the Robin Stone brands of the world in NXT, yeah, I'm invested in everything that, that goes on. <laughs> You know, uh, even but even Everrise, you know, some of their facial expressions can be kind of funny, you know. So, I, you know, like you said, even that type of stuff, you you find yourself chuckling because, like I said, Rob Stone, Robert Stone is so helpless. So it just that just shows you, like, even the stuff that you won't even consider the best stuff is still entertaining. And I, that's the, the one one of those things that I can compliment NXT about. They are thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we see Zoe Stark and Taylor Storm talk smack about each other until a match gets booked for Nick. And then it's time for our next match, which is only Lorkin with Pete Dunn versus Kyle O'Reilly. And as cool Carl enters the ring, we get a replay of the interaction between Lorkin and O'Reilly outside the CWC earlier, setting up this match. And Kyle O'Reilly did match in physicality with only Lorkin early. He tried rolling a heel hook, but Lorkin kept momentum all the way to the ropes. But the ex undisputed remember, put the match away after a brain buster and a diving knee drop. Afterwards, Dunn and Lorkin attacked O'Reilly until Bobby Fish made a surprise return to save his friend. I mean, he's alive! He's alive! Gordon's alive! Like, he's alive! Like, <laughs> I mean, Oni is great. Uh, This is hard-hitting. Fish had arrived. He had fallen down the stairs at home when he had heard of the Undisputed Era splitting up. And he spat his food out. He couldn't believe it. Luckily, he went into a self-induced coma, then woke up six weeks later and had the idea to go to the CWC and find out what was going on. Or or something like that, I guess. <laughs> That's the only logical way to explain where the hell he went. That's the first thing that came to my mind, mate. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> that was me. Oh my god. 
Uh, I, I like the comeback though. I was really, I, I at first I was like, oh, okay, so they're gonna try to, are they gonna rekindle this? Or is he gonna attack Kyle? It was like, but you know, they had a little conversation. No, no microphone. One of those no microphone conversations where, where you gotta try to <laughs> <laughs> listen to them over the screaming fans. So you know, I only I caught it, but you know, basically, you know, Colorado is like I'm doing my own thing. So. You know, I I, I liked it. I, I didn't. I, I honestly forgot. I'm sorry. He said he had some fish. Said he had issues with Larkin. I'm like, okay. So did they injure him? Like, what? what am I? Did I miss that? Yeah, so, no, that yeah, something I think was missed. But I mean, I Larkin was great here. But I do fear for Ryan's personality, like we talked about. And oh, like he's and like you see, trying to read the lips, and I go, you know, and it's like, uh, oh, it, it's your hood is black. And I'm like, what did he say? Oh, it's good to be back. Right, okay. So that's, a, that's, that's what he said. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, O'Reilly said, I appreciate your help, but I'm doing my own thing. And Fish said, yeah, I know. You've got to do your thing. I've got my own source of schedule. Uh, settle. I'll see you later. I'll see you when I see you. And obviously went away and you're going, well, there we go then. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought, um, I thought of all these ways to bring Bobby back. Yeah. Yeah, just have yeah, him show up. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Uh, so, Bobby Fish is back. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and then we get a video package for the way dressed up like superheroes airing. And Bronson really follows it with a promo. Next week, I get you Johnny Gagano inside a steel cage. And I tell you something, it is pretty packed in the next uh, couple of weeks of NXT. But we have got one more match. Our final match on NXT Update. It is Kushida, the champion versus Santos Escobar. For the Cruiserweight title, two out of three falls. And it did not take long for Elmer Dozer and Oakland Wild to try and interfere here. But MSK made the same before all four men were thrown out. This left the two competitors alone to fight one-on-one with the NXT Cruiserweight champion brought in the fight. The challenger Escobar wore him out with physical strikes. Then the challenger planted Kushida with a phantom driver to take the first fall. A cocky Escobar block and tapped out quickly knowing he could afford to give up the fall the action only intensified from there Escobar caught Kushida with a suicide dive into the ramp while protecting his injured arm the champion answered back with nearly still in the final fall with a pair of inside cradles much like Kushida got the pinfall originally in their first matchup um, but then we see them climbing the centre of the ring with a clothesline Kushida took Escobar off the top rope with a hoverboard dog and kept a firm grip on Escobar until he landed a bridging suplex for free and it looked like it broke Escobar's fucking neck but Kushida wins 2-1. <laughs> Still your Cruiserweight champion, Kushida. Again, he's been my rest of the year so far. I I, I love Kushida. I actually love Kushida. Because there's, there's certain wrestlers you see. And it's all good going like, oh, I know this guy. Oh, I really like him. Oh, he's one of my favourites. Oh, but Kushida's one of those where, uh, you know, I saw him. I was like, I'm not really sure. And then everything, he's just delivered every time I've seen him. And now he's probably my favourite wrestler in wrestling at this moment in time. Uh, and that's what I love about it, you know? I agree 100%. Like I said, we've been here so far for at least most of every step of his journey since coming to NXT. And, you know, like you said, at first he was looking a little rocky. He wasn't, you know, necessarily sure would he, you know, from my perspective, since I was more familiar from, of him, uh, you know, from his New Japan days, I was like, okay, you know, I know what he can do. Will WWE you know, or will NXT, for, for that matter, will they, you know, realize what they have? Because I know what he can do. And like you said, they've done a great job of just letting him put what he can do on display. He he lost him. He, he 
like like you said, his performances have been so captivating. Like to the point, like we said, he lost a lot of his opportunities before finally winning. And it didn't hurt him at all because of his performances in those losses. We talk about that Gargano match that I still think is probably a perfect match. You know, uh, you know, as it, close as it gets, if it's not, you know what I'm saying? So, like, stuff, I, I think of that match, and I just point out, you know, he, he kept coming close. He would perform well, wouldn't win, and now he's getting over that hump. And I, I, I really, I'm, I'm into it. I love every second of it. And I'm just happy that everybody gets a chance to see what I was able to, to notice when I watched him in New Japan. Same thing, you know, uh, in, like, as time has went on, when you get a chance to, to witness how great, you know, a talent that you've been watching for years, like, especially like, because as much as I love New Japan, we know that this is, they're not the global platform that the WWE is. So when you see Kushida, you know, prospering there, it's really, you know, just, it, it really, it, it's a, it makes me proud as a New Japan fan, as someone who, a fan of Japanese wrestling. And also, like I said, I know how good he is. The fact that Santos Escobar, another guy, like I said, I called him overrated last year. You'll never get that from me again. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I've been compelled from everything that he's been doing. Promo, spot on. The look, the swagger, you know, his attitude. We talk about Swerve's attitude, you know, and his new, you know, demeanor. But, you know, Santos, you're talking about a star. That He feels like a star. A few, like He can be WWE's future if they realize what they have also in him. So I really love this match. It was even better than the first match because instead of an open challenge, you had a little story, a little precedence there from their first battle. So they they, they knocked it out of the park. And I, I, I expect nothing less out of, uh, like I said, someone who I consider an absolute legend already. And he's only building his legacy now and making it more known for everyone around the world to see how good he is. Well, the thing is, and you make a couple extra points as well. Uh, one of these things I liked about Kushida, even when they did the kind of, uh, tail of the tape, so to speak. They made the fact of like six-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, yes. which again, a great. I have been gone back, and this is partly thanks to you as well. Gone back on the uh, New Japan app and um, the New Japan World, as it is, and watch and they've highlighted some uh, Will Ospreay versus Kushida matches, of yes. course, from 2016, 2017, which is, and again, it is is brilliant to go back and see that. And of course what's happening with Will Ospreay now, but Kushida's a talent and a half. We did mention Santos and uh, what happens next. This is a perfect opportunity because no one's ever done this before. From go to cruiserweight, now to North American, uh, you know, I mean, win that, become champion there, have the guard of Fantasma even flirting with the tag team titles and then see if he can move up to main event status. Um, I mean, because you, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, that's the goal, hopefully, isn't it, with him? I I think so. I think that's that should be the goal. I think he has everything you need. He can talk. He has the 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 legitimacy, the the background, the history. You know, he talks about legacy all the time. I think one of the things that would make his character go to the next look. I can see him holding the NXT Championship with uh, with even Legato holding the Tag Team Championships one day. That's the type of faction they can be if. You know, given the opportunity, and I don't know when that could happen. I don't, you know, uh, but ever since his program with Cross, I think he he's raised himself on another level in not only our minds, but it, obviously people backstage. And I think he's just going up a level. I also noticed something. You know, if 205 is their weight limit for cruise weight, Santos is right at 204. So you might just need to eat a cake or something. Get right at 206. And he's prime. <laughs> 
for for North American division. <laughs> so yeah, I just, think it'd be perfect. Just, just a couple of biscuits, and he's there. But like yeah. I said, it, another great show for NXT. Uh, before we get on the ratings for this episode, because like I said, you you and I have really enjoyed NXT this past month. This has been a great show, obviously um, today uh, as we've got it. And what are your thoughts been of NXT this past five weeks? We've just reviewed five shows. Uh, is it as good as we're making out? I mean, it's just been brilliant, hasn't it? You know. Yeah, I, like I said, the the thing I, I like to get, I like to sit back, just watch, and you know, I'm a I'm a naturally goofy person anyway. I know the people who don't like comedy in their wrestling, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it got to be like to the point to where it doesn't make any sense, but you know, I I love when this I can enjoy not only the athletic spectacle. Not only, you know, you get everything that I, everything I love about wrestling is in NXT. I get the entertainment. I get the comedy. I get, you know, crazy spots, you know, great storytelling. You know, everything that you can enjoy about wrestling is there. You know, so I don't, you know, it, I'm not saying, I'm not getting on anyone who doesn't like NXT or anything. But from my point of view, these last five weeks have just only got the the even with the shift in talent because you know we losing uh eo on top we losing we, you know finn balor is not there you know we're we have different champions in the position and they're still continuing that momentum you know as if nothing even changed you know just right on to the next one it's a seamless transition if you see what i'm trying to say so it was it's just perfect uh good stuff you know of course they have flaws i just said perfect but i'm I'm gonna fix that of course they have flaws but for me, it's some of the most entertaining stuff every week, and I'm always looking forward to, to NXT on Tuesday. Yeah, without a doubt. And, I mean, you, we've been loving it, but unfortunately it's not been doing great in the ratings at this moment in time. Now, it don't really matter that much, but my only worry is that it was this week's episode of NXT was down from 761,000 views to 697,000, yeah. which, when you consider, like, Kushida and Santos, how great it is, uh, it's a bit disappointing but like we said, the next time we're together will be NXT Update. And of course, uh, it will have two huge matches. We have Gagano versus Bronson Reed for the North American title. And of course, then a week later, Finn Balor versus Cross for the NXT Championship. We'll see how it does with ratings then. And of course, that'll be the next mm-hmm. time we're with NXT. And then, of course, In Your House will be off the heels of that. But that is it for today. Day. Like I said, what an episode it has been. And don't forget, we're across all social media Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Uh, Monty, I know you're a part of the WNR Podcast team now, but you do do other bits and pieces as well. <laughs> yes, uh, I do. You know, I still have the Mind Monty podcast at Mind Monty Pod. We're on hiatus. I am a graduate student. I am trying to survive. Bear with me, people. But that's besides the point. You know, check me out there. Hit me up if you ever, uh, you know, want to talk about anything. That's cool. But yes, I'm definitely a part of the Dubinar family. I do all that. Just hit me up on Twitter if you ever need anything. You want to talk about it? You know, cool. We can do that. To be honest, I don't be on my Twitter enough. So, you know, if you you guys hit me up, maybe I should. I'll get on there more. Doesn't it doesn't really matter to me though. Thankful to be here again on another Dubinar podcast. And reviewing NXT, man, these are the highlights of my month because I guess it's like worth <laughs> the money at this point. So, yeah, I enjoy it. Well, uh, don't forget to double up also on Facebook and Instagram because all the Google platforms send us an email to double up podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, double podcast, we have all the latest clips. They got the same time on YouTube as you do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes, making you download, subscribe, break, and review there. So, that is it. Our next episode will be WWE WrestleMania Backlash with Jaxie Scarlett. 
Uh, next time, Monty will be with us. Like I say, will be NXT update on June 13th, the day of NXT TakeOver in your house. But until then, I've been James Rollins, and I was joined by the fantastically funny and brilliantly <laughs> Monty. Oh, man, i got to take a bow. <laughs> Honestly, mate, it's always such a laugh to have you on. Two and a half hours just flies by. Every time. Every single time. Yep. Nah, like I said, it's gonna be like it, we do this a lot, but you know, it's part of the tradition now at this point to just talk two hours, don't realize how the time flies, laugh, enjoy wrestling, and just, you know, it's always a good time. So I appreciate you, man. I really do. Well, like I said, always great to have you on, and we'll see you next week for NXT Update. But until then, like I said, I'm Jay Fronis. I was joined by Monty. Thanks, Mr. Bidley, and bye. Adios.